Yep. Hey guys, welcome to the Paddler's Playbook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. Thermal convection, man. These dudes almost killed me. You know, redfish are really dumb. How do you take your marsh dump? This fool used all my toilet paper. Bro, Well, now that Drew's done dragging this on. TPP 15. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Oh, good lord. I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. I'm not waking up at butt crack dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here first. And now, a word from Saltside Jet. Oh, yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. Check out our sponsors. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. No, like, check out our sponsors. Check out our sponsors. I know you're gonna dig this. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Lewis, and this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook, coming to you live for the end of Season 3 from the Mariner Sales Studio. Drew, earlier you asked me if I was proud of you. Yeah, you asked were you me if proud I was of proud me? of you because... You know, you ate you ate some vegetable soup. I ate soup, bro. I made soup for dinner. I purposely but made it. For, it wasn't an appetizer. I didn't I'm, eat that, and then a meal. I ate can soup. I, can I tell you, actually, you know something? Something I'd be. I am. I'm actually more proud of you for because I ate a salad today. No, it okay. has nothing to. Oh, like look, I'm I'm happy that you have decided. You know, New Year, new me. And I haven't decided that it's the same me. I just need to be better. (laughs) But on this episode, guys, you'll hear somebody talk about, uh, tell me what you've been doing, not what you will do. And if there's something that Drew has been doing is changing how long it takes his ass to get ready for these episodes. He's been on time. I be, I was the first one on the past like three and, episodes. And, and I will uh, today. I need to apologize to two people for being right on time. I was here like right at seven o'clock logging on. Actually, it was like six fifty-seven when I logged on. That's late to me. But I apologize to you. But I need to go ahead and excuse myself as to why. And honey. My darling, my wife, if you're listening, I know my place as a man inside your house. And I know that if the dog pisses on something, it's my job and my responsibility to clean it up. So excuse me, Drew, for being late, but I had to clean up some dog piss inside the house. I'm sorry. (laughs) Chris, you know what's made it a lot easier to be on time? I have my own little studio now. So and, you don't have to kick people out of the room. Yeah, I don't, don't have to have kick to... people out of the room. I don't have to tell people to be quiet. Um, I got a nice case for my mixer and all my stuff that I need to do the podcast, my so beauty ring, don't. everything is all in one case. Well, the beauty ring isn't, but everything else I need is in one case. The, bur- the beauty ring. And I've got it ready to get like, I can get set up in like three minutes. My stuff is always set up. It's always sitting in the RV. Um, and yeah, dude, 
the number of bottles that continue to multiply in here is concerning me, though. I don't think I have a way to throw away trash, so it's accumulating. It's just bottles of water, though. I'm going to send you a trash can. A little <laughs> trash can to put over so there in the corner. So anyway, but you're not man. you proud of me? I ate a salad, dude. Uh, look, a sa- look, I man. had a salad for dinner. That was it. I and, mean, it was a chef salad, but it was a and, salad. And ladies and gentlemen, at about Mark, one hour, <laughs> one 42 hour, minutes, 42. <laughs> I receive a text message from Drew. Please keep it rolling. I got to take a... <laughs> lettuce got me. The lettuce got me. See, the, it's, you know, it used to be stems and seeds. <laughs> now it's, it, it, that's Not those called roughage. Now seeds, it's called yeah, roughage. Now it's yeah. called roughage. <laughs> No, I, I just hope I don't wake up in the middle of the night. That's the how like I, I was worried about it. You don't wake up in the middle of the night to go pee? No, I'm not that old yet. You, yeah, you need I'm to go get either. your prostate checked, Papa. Nah, <laughs> like, I actually don't. Do you have a weak stream? Do you have to go frequently? Hell no. I wake people up from across the house. <laughs> I wake up at five o'clock in the morning, like, and I've got to pee for like I don't know, forty five seconds. Like I gotta go. Five o'clock, but I go back to sleep. I don't get out of bed till like seven, seven thirty. I think I'll be at work till nine. Well, Chris don't is, shit the bed, Drew. Okay. No, that that no, no, that will never happen, <laughs> ever, <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever. But are uh, you ex- got- are you excited? This is this is our last episode of season three. We're about to start season four. I'm I'm always excited, Drew. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it, and I'm about to lose control. Do you think you like it? <laughs> I just might, sir. But no, um, this has has just become now a routine uh, life event that takes place every few weeks. <laughs> and uh, am I excited about another season? Tell you what, dude, I will be excited for season five. Oh. Five is a pretty big milestone. You know, two is cool. You know, hey, we're doing a second year. Third is like, hey, damn, we're making it a third year. Four is like, okay, we just need to make it to five, man. We just, five, yeah. we just need to make it to five, five seasons, and yeah, that will be pretty solid. Next year uh, is our grind it out year. We're gonna grind it, just grind it. To it grind. There's, you know, we always start this thing, guys. Every single year, we start with aspirations and ideas and you know how we're going to make things different how we're going to change things up um the problem is is that it's hard to get traction on these things whenever you have a real life and nobody here that ever joins us on this episode would disagree that it that life is hard and life intervenes with with plans especially in this industry we talk about that in this episode we talk about how difficult it is to be a brand ambassador to be your own brand and still be a person in this world and person meaning somebody that you're actually separating yourself from that extracurricular activity so but uh, but we also talk a little bit about like if you can't meet the expectations like what 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 you need to do be a big boy. Be yeah, a big we boy. We talk about it. We talk about it. Punch well, on this ball. on this episode, ball. man, we were joined by John Hipsher from Yak Attack. 
just straight talking about, and it wasn't, I don't know if it was like, we didn't really talk about marketing, marketing that much. Like it was all about marketing, marketing, Drew. That was well, all it, about marketing. It 100%. was, but I don't mean marketing from a brand perspective. It was more about marketing yourself. Marketing yourself in the space, okay? Because yes, we have within a very, kayak fishing. You want to know the difference in, in the, the social network of our niche versus the social network of the overarching niche? Okay, I know I'm using words, guys. That Yeah, I don't know what overarching means, so okay, just keep so, going. So we're a niche within a niche, okay? The hierarchy here is the bigger niche is fishing. The smaller niche is kayak fishing, okay? The difference between fishing and kayak fishing equates to about 500,000 social media followers. That's a pretty big difference, okay? And I'm not saying that one has 500,000 and the other one has a million. I'm saying in our niche, it's so small, we have 50,000. Whereas the hierarchy, the overarching niche, which is just fishing, has 550,000. Yes. So, and we talked a little bit about that. We're very small. Okay. Um, Speak for yourself. Well, I'm, I'm like saying say we I'm... as a as a product in the space. You know, we as in I take up plenty of space. <laughs> you are space. <laughs> I have my own gravitational pull. So, yeah. Anyway, people who have never met I'm me, I'm tired and look, I need to look, eat, Drew. Chris, from this show, like people that have never met me or anything, they're going to meet me and they're going to be like, you're not that fat. You're not <laughs> as fat as Chris says. They're going to expect boom, bada, yeah, boom, bada, like boom, bada, boom, bada, boom, pound dude that's like seven foot tall. No, I'm just short, chubby and bald. I'm not that well, big. They probably won't expect someone as good looking as me either. Oh, well, I mean. Sure. We talk about good looks in this episode, too. Good looks and humor. We talked good about a lot humor. in There's, this episode. There's my humor there. Yeah, this is a long one, guys. We're This will be almost three hours long, the entire episode. You've already seen the clock down at the bottom. But um, it's worth. You, it's worth the entire it three hours. It is, and if you can't finish it all in one bite, you know, come back, take little chunks here and there, because every single 15 to 20 minutes is something different that's being discussed. It was really it wasn't a lot of rambling. I liked John. He he delivered his message, but it wasn't like he talked about the same things over and, and over. He said it over, could go over, longer. Over, over, like, yeah, no, no, he no, talked no, about no, no. this this was the very first time, guys, in any episode that Chris was like, Guys, I gotta get I gotta get out of here. And our guest was like Oh no! I still got some stuff to talk that's, about. Like we're still going. Okay, lightning round. Let's yeah, go quick, we're, quick. We're quick. still moving. I think that's the first time in Paddler's Playbook history that our guest was like, they were the ones that were like, no, we're still going to go. So I was happy about that. But you know By what else way, I'm guys, happy about? Hold on, listeners. Thank you very much for the past, you know, three years, man. Um, our downloads are way beyond what we expected streams are way beyond what we expected it's only because of you guys and i got some feedback from folks recently on the last episode 
they didn't realize that we were serving on other platforms and other podcasts and they got a they they just they loved it man it was a blast for them to listen to so if you haven't listened to it already go back and listen to the cuts from drew and chris um as guest speakers on other podcasts and go listen to Good those shit. other podcasts too. Go listen to those other podcasts. Go check too, out yeah. our friends over at Bass and Bruce. I like them. I like them a lot. I like everybody that we've been on their Hillbillies. show. Hillbillies. But I like I like Hillbillies I like are fun. I like Bass and Bruce. They're cool. Paul's got a new podcast too. Yo guys go check it out. Y'all look. Y'all look. Entertainingly educational. Y'all go check that out too. So before I interrupted Drew, he was gonna say, you know what I'm thankful for? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you know what I'm thankful for? Is this going to be an every episode thing now? All of our season three sponsors, along with our season four sponsors. We got more stuff coming soon. We may have an announcement. We'll see. But, oh, guys, you have to listen till the very end of this announce, this this show. There is going to be some secret sauce dropped from Yak Attack at the end of this episode. I but you gotta listen all the way a, to the end. We're making it a tradition now. Anytime from somebody from Yak Attack comes, they have to drop the secret sauce. Yeah, we're not gonna book them unless they're ready to drop some secret sauce. <laughs> but listen all the way to the end. And right now, listen to Jess. Hey, bro staff. The season of love is fast approaching, and it's never too early to start shopping for the perfect gift for the angler in your life. Score some brownie points at discount prices over at Pure Fishing with 30% off all spider wire for that Valentine with sensible, functional taste. If you're looking for something a little bit more decorative, how about a trip to the Houston Fishing Show to visit our friends at Real Sportswear? The show runs from March 1st to the 5th, but their spring collection is worth the wait. Not down to play the long game? Visit their website and shop today. Now, if you're looking for next level, they will be singing your praises and saying yes to every last minute fishing trip type of gift. Mariner Sales is here to help you set the mood with Hobie's new 2023 links in the striking Catalina. Oh wait, maybe a little twin action with the equally beautiful 2023 Outback in Sunrise Camo. Whatever you choose, Mariner Sales is ready to help you win Valentine's Day this year. So head on over to MarinerSales.com and secure your angler's heart today. That's it for me, bro staff. I'm Saltside Jess, and I'll see you on the salt side or the salty side, depending on how Drew shops for his angler this year. Boom, shakalaka. You know what, man? 2023, it's not just about ah, the simple things, man. You know it's going to blow up. New styles from Real are just, I've already seen them. I know you've seen them, Drew, and... I'm sure, you know, Jessica had great things to say about them in the commercial just now. I didn't hear it. I'll hear it later. Yeah, right? you'll hear it later. I, I, don't <laughs> I'll hear it she, later. But, I don't know if she can talk about the new stuff. Like, oh, it's we, can, we can squirrel. say we're excited about the new stuff. Just like we said we were excited about the new stuff last year. Last January, we were really stoked about the new stuff. Well, we're, this we're, year, we are really stoked about it. And I know Andrew's really stoked about it because he called me to tell me how stoked he was about the I new stuff. I can't wait to get my hands on a brand spanking new real sportswear thong. 
that's not what I saw in my catalog. <laughs> <laughs> that he must have sent you some other stuff. That's not what he called me excited about. You and Andrew, uh, you you guys must have a different relationship. It is smoking, man. But yeah. I, is it which one, Chris? I forget which one's coming up: the boat show or the fishing show, or both. Boat show's always uh, first. Yeah, fishing shows later. Fishing which one's in March? That's uh, boat show is is this month, dude. Okay, um, so the fishing show. So Andrew said he was going to be at the fishing show with yes. the new, with new gear, with the new 2023 stuff. And I know he's really excited about it because he's making our jerseys, uh, Team Turner Rodco jerseys this year, out of the, I guess I could say he's got a a, a new material. Got a that brand is, spanking new that material. Is awesome. That's all I'm gonna say though. He's got a new material, and our our fishing jerseys are going to be made of that this year. So I'm excited. We are all excited, man. 2023 is here. This is our first episode of season four. No, it's not. It's the last episode of season three. This is our last episode of season three. There you go. There you go. I, I don't understand. Look, look, guys. The logistics of it all, um, I, I deal in fiscal years that honestly are probably way more strange than what we're dealing with. Here on this podcast, you know, government fiscal year, NASA contracts end in October, you know, for some reason. So we always deal with our, our year beginning in September. So anyway, here we are, 2023, last episode of season, season three. three. There you go. We're about to start season four. This episode, we've got something really, I mean, it's fire, dude, because our listeners are not only just jazzed up about fishing they're not only hyped up about kayaking but they also just like us want to find a way to be a part of the industry you know what is their not necessarily way in but how do they fit in and our guest today is actually going to help listeners navigate those waters and find where's their place in this space so ladies and gentlemen without further ado Please welcome John Hipsher. Where's our applause, guys. dude? Where's our applause? Hit the oh, button! Crap, crap. There we go. Drew is like itching all the time to press those buttons, and then we give him an opportunity, and he fails. He flunks. No, that's Chris, awesome. you, you just need to... So sit back, relax, and enjoy I'm, the paddle. Just sit dude, back I'm and relax, bud. I'm kicking back. This one is going to be all about what John has to say. So, John, take it away, sir. Dude, I'm excited about this one, man. Like, it's... I'd say it's kind of come full circle, and, like, this is something that, like, I want to put out from a brand perspective on a yearly basis. And, you know, we were talking before of, like, this could almost be a series for, you know, whoever wants to take it on. Like, whatever podcast, whoever's doing it, this is... a it's a full series of, of pro staff kind of one-on-one and like, it's a, it's an evolving rotating door. Like it, it evolves as it evolves on a yearly basis of whether it's social media, the brands, you know, how to create value. So, you know, I've from the old days of, I guess we'll get into that question, but you know, I, I was a pro staff member, um, years ago. Um, and then I've, I've managed a pro staff, um, group, um, at a, from a retail level, um, a team, and then I've been on the Actac side pushing eight years. Um, it's eight years um, Saturday. Uh, basically, I didn't even mention 20th. who he was with. I was just yeah, like, John Hipsher. I was like, John, because I mean, we've been working with John yeah. all of this year on, on Team Yak Attack. But, John, so what is your 
what is your role and what is your like what does your badge say at work? So uh, for, for, for Yak Attack. Do y'all so wear badges here? at work? In Absolutely not. This is my badges. work attire. <laughs> So, I mean, eight, eight years ago, it, it yeah, started in 2015. Uh, I came on as a, the sales and marketing manager. So, basically, anything you know related to dealers and products and website, anything marketing-related, packaging, uh, products, and, and social. And, and basically, at that time, I mean, I was employee 17, you know, and there's 15, 14 of those people are manufacturing, me, Luther, and a finance guy. You know, it's, that's basically it. Um, so, it's evolved since then a little bit. Do you get introduced sometimes as employee 17? I wish. I wish. I like that one. (laughs) My wife gets introduced all the time at her, I mean, huge corporate events. And they're like, please welcome employee number one. (laughs) So (laughs) I was the first first person to ever relocate to the brand. Before me, it was all friends and family and local. So it's funny that that Luther tried to talk me out of it for a year. Like, I'd say it's, I don't know, maybe about six months. He's like, I don't want to uproot you and make you you know, come up here. It was still not a, not a startup at that point in time, 2015, but it's not the brand it is today. Um, so basically I tried to talk me out for a while. So I, I was a sales and marketing man- manager for a number of years. And then at the time that Bonafide hit, um, marketing's my passion. Sales is not, um, the difference between sales, marketing, business development is one blurry line, but you know, I, I prefer the branding, you know, the brand building, the branding and the marketing side of, of this sport. And so I took on marketing manager for Bonafide until uh, the merger with Big Adventures. So I ran both of those at the same time. And so currently the position is really just marketing manager, but I, there's really a lot more hats to get worn. Um, kind of in the, the product realm, me and Luther work together very heavily on what we make, why we make it. And you know, I'm involved in you know almost every product conversation and design aspect. And you know like something like the Black Pack, there's a lot of everyone's brain in there. You know, so it's it's kind of a a fun collaborative team effort and. You know, it's something that, that I enjoy being a part of. You know, I enjoy seeing like, I mean, I don't know when this releases to the public, but. Um, oh, this is live, dude. This is live right now. It, Ooh, we're it's, live. It's no, I'm live. just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's going to release on Tuesday. So essentially, we are, we, we found a product need in the industry due to some economical business situations that are creating a restriction and demand, or I guess the, the supply, the demand's there, but the supply is not. Um, basically we'll have a new product that fills that need within two weeks. Um, so basically we go from conceptualization of what it has to do, design tooling and full production to have production injection molded parts within two weeks. Um, so being a part of that and being a part of kind of leaving my stamp on the industry from a product perspective, um, you know, and also yeah, marketing branding perspective too, but you know, what we're doing at Yak Attack, there's very little people in the world that could pull that off. Um, so we're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves, Drew. You know why? Why is that? Because, okay, our show has a very specific cadence that we follow. Mm-hmm. And, John, we've got to take things back, man. we got to go back a little we've bit. we got to go back to when you were in diapers, bro. Ooh. Ooh. When, <laughs> when, when, when John first learned how to fish and John first fell in love with this outdoor adventure called kayak fishing. And Drew has very specific questions that he needs to ask you. So reach way back into that memory bank and get ready because here they come. All right, John, I got I got to ask you the same question I ask everybody that comes on here. First, I want you to tell me about your most memorable fishing memory. Because Chris likes me to say memorable fishing memory. <laughs> we love like that. We, 
we, three yeah, seasons it. of it. Yeah. It's just something that's happening. And then I want to jumbo know shrimp about, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I want to know about your first fishing kayak and how you got into the sport. So at least with the the first question, I'm I'm going to throw out two examples. One that is um, very old, um, that also kind of segues in the second question. Um, but essentially, I would say that the this, the most memorable um, is would basically be I think it was it was the year that I think COVID hit, but we could travel. Um, I would say it was 2021, uh, maybe 2020. I've I'm so lost on years, um, but essentially found a, a five day window planned a trip with an old, old college buddy to go down to Navarre beach and, uh, hook up with Matthew van and, uh, do some saltwater fishing that I'm not, that's, that's not necessarily me. I mean, I've caught less than 30 redfish in my life, you know, a couple flounder. I mean, I'm born and bred in the mountains of Tennessee. I mean, I'm, I'm a river guy, you know, I'm river fishing, big reservoirs, you know, the Tennessee river system. And so fishing with Matthew Van, I mean, it was a trip that Luther always said, if you have one trip, go do this, you know, go, go catch red snapper, you know, with Matthew and on the way out, you'll catch, you know, Kings and, you know, Spanish and all sorts of stuff. Um, just as bycatches to get out to the, you know, the, the areas that the snapper like to hang out. So within that week, the first day, you know, we all limited out on snapper pretty quickly. Um, but also in that day, um, I got my sailfish that I really, really wanted. Um, it's not like I've hunted for it. So it was definitely one of those, spoiled you know, ass. random moments spoiled, that spoiled, isn't going to happen too much. So, catch. Jeez. so I mean, <laughs> Gulf, Gulf, you know, kind of panhandle, I guess, a Florida sailfish, um, not too incredibly common. Um, compared to someone in, you know, uh, Pompano, you know, South Florida, that type of stuff for sailfish. Um, and then the next day I was like, will you take us with a chance for a tarpon? And Matthew's like, dude, I don't, I don't guide for tarpon. That's not something I ever charge people for. And he's just like, I know you understand the risk. I know you understand the limitations. I know you understand that this is a roll of the dice. I was like, dude, yeah, I don't care. I mean, I've been doing this enough. I feel like fishing is one of those things that like you learn disappointment through, you know, hunting and fishing. Yeah. And but that's but, part but of the game. Like, you know, Yeah, you're like, dude, I caught, I caught my limited snapper and a sailfish yesterday. Like if we get skunk chasing tarpon, so be it. But if I catch that tarpon, like, let me a, ice in this cake real that's quick. That's a pretty badass trio. And so the next day, I mean, it was, it was, you know, three 30 in the morning. I, you know, I'm popping out in the car. And at that point in time, what's even funnier about this is that's the point in time that I basically lost an absurd amount of weight with no trade shows, no events. And so basically I was standing in the parking lot talking to people and they're like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know who you are, but I know who you are. I remember, you know? And so it's funny because there was several people that are like, you know, Matthew was like, yeah, John got the sailfish yesterday. And he was like, Hipsher, that, that, that wasn't John Hipsher. I think you tagged him wrong. Like, but then I pop out of from the car and it's like, holy moly, like, okay, you've lost a lot of weight, you know, got in shape. And so you've got the, in this parking lot, you've got the creme de la creme of, of top Hobie guys. You know, basically they're out there filming a, a promo for, it wasn't really a boat release, but specifically Tarpon. Um, and so you've got 14 pretty heavy hitting guys um, all out there. I mean, it's four o'clock in the morning, ready to rock. And um, first pod, I mean, first pod comes up, one of the guys hooks up with it, two seconds throws the hook. You know, next pod comes around, I've got it, you know, toss, toss that bait right in the perfect spot, you know, four or five cranks of that pedal drive and, I, and I'm hooked up. 
you know, so I remember, I mean, we're, it's, you know, Pensacola. I mean, it's, you're not far away from Alabama. So I remember halfway through Matthew was like, dude, at this point, I mean, you've got to understand that you've got to pressure this fish enough to get it in the boat. Otherwise it's going to tow you to Alabama. And he's like, we don't, I don't want that, you know? And we're, so I'd, I'd say 30, 40 minutes. I look at my buddy and I'd say, if I lose this fish, I don't care. That was the most enjoyable time I've ever had with a rod and reel. And so, you know, I would say an hour, hour, 15 minutes, um, tarpon, I don't know, 115, 125 pounds. I mean, it's a full, full, full grown adult. Um, probably the single handedly, I mean, to me, the, the greatest experience that I've had that basically for me, I, I came home one, I told Matthew at that time was like, dude, you, you, you have sparked something inside of me that makes me interested in the sport more than I have been. You know, you kind of get in it on the business side. You just get drowned it out. You're like, I, you know, it was also COVID. So like mentally everyone's in a weird state. And I was like, this is what I needed, you know, but it was funny in that, that morning they're like, you know, basically for the Hobie, you know, promo, they were filming. They're like, don't film this random guy. Like film John. Like he, he literally, he's got the golden horseshoe right now. Like he got the sale yesterday. You know, he's, he's a good angler and it happened, you know? So out of those 14 guys, I was, I think one out of two to land one that day. Um, but that was to me the, the, the single-handedly biggest one. Um, I, I would say the, the most memorable one, and this one's going to lead into the, the next kind of question. Um, but really, I guess the, the reason that I exist in this industry and followed the route of, you know, fishing and sporting goods as a, a profession was basically my childhood to where, you know, I, I was born and raised. I mean, I, I played lacrosse, I did martial arts. I did everything, but the one thing I also did is like I I got my Eagle Scout. Like I was in Scouts since I was five, and mainly I wasn't there for all the I don't know stuff that I didn't really enjoy. I was there for backpacking and climbing, and adventures. And one of the trips we went on was the uh, Boundary Waters Quetico in um, you know Southern Ontario in northern Minnesota. And within I think it was nine days, we did over 100 miles. I think it was 115 miles canoe trip, and. You, you've got nine guys on a trip. I mean, you're basically eating, I think it was one MRE for three people, like meat wise, you know, oh, you're wow. talking that, you, you know, t- today you had, you know, a lot of veggie soup and not a lot of meat, but like this meat, I mean, it was, it was not even enough for one person. We split it in thirds. So part of it was you're fishing for sustenance, mm-hmm. you know, because you're covering 20 plus miles a day in a canoe some of the portages, I mean, there was one portage we did that was over a mile long. So you're carrying that canoe by yourself. Granted, it's Kevlar, it's 60 something pounds. I, I dream of that in the kayak fishing industry. Um, but that is what it is in the canoe space. But um, there was one specific moment to where my dad was reeling in a, a trophy sized pike, you know, 35 inch plus pike. And on the way up, it got slammed by a muskie, like, you know, inches below the surface, it got crushed by a muskie you know, killed it, you know, blew out its dorsal fin entirely to where it was like, this fish is not going to survive. Because typically in that scenario, you know, you're in Southern Ontario and you catch a, a 24 inch smallmouth, I'm probably not going to eat that fish. You know, that's one that I'm probably going to throw back. And so trophy size pike, yeah, I know that they're, people view fish very differently. You know, the way that I view fish, I don't eat a lot of fish. You know, I, I, I just don't, you know, it's a lot more catch and release. It's depends better than on, that MRE meat though. Depends on the species, but we, we needed that. And yeah. so I remember eating that and eating that fish. And while we were eating it, I just remember being like, this is the, the, the best meal we've had thus far. Um, we hadn't really had a lot, a whole lot of luck with the walleye and the smallmouth. 
Um, but I remember throwing that carcass on like big hunks of just like granite stone right next to the water. And then there's three bald, bald eagles just sitting there picking at it. And to me, like that's one of the most magical moments that I was like, if I could do this for the rest of my life, that's the goal in mind. So I, I would say from an age of, I think I was 14, my goal was to figure out how to combine fishing, the outdoors and paddle sports into a profession. So that's, it kind of was one of those, I'd say early set career choices and paths, paths for me was the paddle sports industry and the outdoor industry as a whole. And kayak fishing just happened, you know, it was one of those that it was a perfect storm. So I'll kind of lead into the next question that, um, I don't know, graduating college with a marketing degree in uh, 2011 was probably not the best decision um, where the job market was terrible. The economy was terrible. And so, you know, I reached out to almost every, you know, all the fishing brands, all the outdoor brands. And the one thing people don't realize is that most of these brands are ran by like three or four people. You know, most of these marketing departments could be transported in a small SUV that I'd call and be like, you know, Hey, I have a marketing degree. I really, you know, I'm, I'm an Eagle scout. I've had this, this background and experience. They're like, we don't really care. Have you, have you ever worked retail? And to me, that was such a bizarre question. I was like, why is that even like a prerequisite? You know, I, I, I tried for years to work, you know, at kind of, you know, high end outdoor stores and it just never really kind of the dots never really aligned. Um, but essentially right coming out of college in 2012, um, you worked for basically, it was um, a, a dealer in Knoxville, Tennessee that they, they kind of exist, but not in the same form or fashion they did now. They do now with, we were, we were, we were, thinking about fishing kayaks and at that time. So I had quit that job. And then a week later went to the Jackson dealer summit as part kind of a replacement for somebody with, and it was kind of our tester to see if we wanted to be a Jackson dealer, you know, to see if we wanted to pick up fishing kayaks. And, and my boss at the time looked at me, he's like, he's like, you're an angler, right? And he's like, could you make this work? I was like, absolutely. So basically gave me a blank check, said, you know, whatever you need, you know, let's put it in the store. Let's make it happen. Let's make East Tennessee a thing kayak fishing wise. And so it was the same kind of time frame that Hook One was happening in Nashville, and you know we were kind of happening on the east side. And I remember the year that the big rig was previewed, and I was so pumped because I was a big guy at that time. You know, I was two fifty plus. You know, I was a big guy. I was like, man, the Kusa Cuda—they're not really boats for me because at that time I was kind of a stubborn individual that I was—I uh, was specifically only fly fishing from a kayak. I would never pick up my conventional gear, even though I fish with everything. I, I was, I was trying to find my niche within social media and Instagram and whatever with being basically the fly angler from kayaks. Um, and we, we had a, some sales reps come from, I guess, kind of near you guys in Louisiana. Uh, you might chuckle with this one. Um, basically a brand called uh, Cajun customs, Casey kayaks and mm, Casey's. They, they don't They're exist anymore. Open. I mean, like Rex Del Guzman, like he, he probably still rocks them. I know he had a fleet of them. Um, you know, he used to be he, one of their, I think like, he has big pro two. staff guys. Pat He's just got asked two. me about his yesterday. Yeah, and <laughs> he asked of, me, how do, how do I, how do I get this thing? Texas parks and wildlife certified. And I'm like, you need a certificate of origin. He's like, well, that ain't going to happen. No, it's not. Uh, one of Rex's is now a planter. He's got tomatoes <laughs> growing in. Oh, no, it. that's the wave walk, dude. That's well, not no, the KC. It, it's, it's a KC too. It's a, I was at his house like. I don't know about a month oh, ago. That's awesome though. He's got both of them over there on the side of his house. So, <laughs> but that, that was that was my first kayak, ma mainly because um, it was sub seventy pounds. It was thermoformed, um, which it didn't really matter to me. Um, but I could car top that easily. I could I could stack two on top of each awesome. other. 
And they had they had some scupper issues that kind of led to probably them going out of business. That every every boat that we sold from that company or had as a demo or personally uh, all had scupper damage. So this thing was a little mm. bit in their thermoforming design. So I bet that's why um, Rexus is there with uh, probably I heard in somebody the front bought yard. them and tried mm-hmm. to do rotomold mold with them and stuff. There like that, there so. was a new company um, that actually was thermoforming that that I reached out to about a year ago. I can't remember the name. But I think that they ended up buying the assets in the mold because it was the same boat. But um, Drew, yeah. you want to know an interesting t- statistic? Sure. John is the first person on this show to mention canoeing mm-hmm. as the segue. One of the conduits into um, yeah into to kayaking. Um, everybody pulls out a story about, you know, their favorite Pelican kayak <laughs> and using that uh, as, as their, their start into, you know, a passion for, for kayaking well, with, with the exception of the mascot. John, how long ago was that, that you, you got that Casey? 2000, 2011, 2012. Yeah. And Chris, I think that's a little bit of the difference between some of the people we've had on and some of the guys like John, like, if you started kayaking in 2015, 16, 17, 18, like some of our guests have, like later in the game, they started out with the Pelican or the Ascend or a Pescador or something like that. But if, if you started out a little bit further back, back in the 2009, 10, 11, 12, I think they're going to have a different type of story to tell. Like I they've been around of, for the evolution. I think one of the, uh, the differences is – being in scouts when you're in scouts you're they don't say we're going to go out and we're going to teach you um paddle sports from a kayak they go they go out and they teach you how to use an oar with not just one person but two people in in a you know in a canoe um that's the that's part of the difference and i really get the fact that you you fell in love with this as a scout you know and and growing up you know doing those sorts of things um you know what I loved some... about that, Chris? I, th- I think for season four, I'm going to quit saying your most memorable fishing memory. Is this going to be the last one? Yeah, I think this is the last one. I think I'm going to do, it, do away with to, it. He wants to change it up. What's it going to be? I'm going to change it up. What is your most magic fishing memory? I'm going to use what is magical. Ma- John, John used the, the magical memory. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Stays oh with the theme, God. but it's just a little bit different for season four. Oh, my God. It's your most magical Guys, fishing gonna start memory. Wearing, he's going to start wearing rainbow-colored shirts on this thing. <laughs> hey, I'm going to start, like, hitting my lights, going different colors. You're going to set the mood in here? <laughs> oh, yeah. I always set the mood. Man, there were a couple things as he was telling the story. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, man, I can get with that. I can get with you know what's going on there, and and I should have wrote something down because it was kind of important. But that one thing really popped out and stood out was that first person actually you know say he got to start you know in paddle sports, actually doing paddle sports. Um, oh, the other thing was the kayak, the weight. You were like, oh, I can't. I would love for that that uh, you know Kevlar. Uh, you know, the light kayak to transfer over to kayaking. John, you're talking to two separately, completely different individuals whenever it comes to kayaking, okay? Drew is the type that he can't live without the lazy chair. Got to have it, right? 
Booty's got to be comfortable. Back's got to be comfortable. Your, my if, legs go numb. If the I kayak comes with a, like with a Viking. cappuccino maker, he's down. He's I don't down. have that much. Cra- <laughs> you have more crap on your kayaks than I do, but go ahead. Negative, sir. And and uh, me, I, I'm like always asking, when are they bringing back the saddle? You know, when are they bringing? Hold on. Let's, you got to listen to this. <laughs> when are they bringing back the saddle to the kayak? Because that's Never wear it. And nobody's ever going to bring it back, right? Uh, I looked on Ocean Kayak's page the other day. Is it Trident gone? Trident's gone. Well, I think the brand itself is dead. Uh, they're still se- they're still selling Malibu twos like and Malibus. The salty, the, oh, the salty PDO, I guess, falls under the, the old the yeah. old town brand. But mm-hmm. but yeah, basically, what was I? My weird COVID decision was going back to grad school and doing my MBA, and um, it was a digital marketing course, and I. I didn't want to pick my competitors in the accessory space. So I picked Jackson and old town and, um, spent like four months going through like their social platforms. And it was just so weird to see how a brand like ocean kayak that was so big, just absolutely fall off. Right. The, the turn in the tides there was amazing because old town was dying in the kayak space, but they thrive in the canoe space. Yeah. Um, and now they've exploded. Uh, but what I was going to say is is that lightweight kayak, it exists, bro. Yeah. It exists. It's only $12,000, though. It's only $12,000. <laughs> and as a jet fighter seat. seat. But it's carbon. I mean, like, you know, if you think about that Winona, it was like a, it was like a 19-foot Winona for three people on that trip. It weighed 65 pounds. It was probably a $2,900 canoe in 20, 2009 or something like that. You know, you 2004. Of the Devil's River? I would if you guys go call me like that's that's a bucket list for me. Uh, we're planning a trip this September, um, but there are there are some dudes there are some dudes out there that you know live to do that trip in a canoe, and they load so much gear in it. It's a benefit of, our, of the boat, you know. It's a benefit of the boats that weight capacity, but also it's that they it's it's, it's one. It goes back to like that old days where I mean. I used to paddle nothing but Jackson's and that Casey kayak, but that's what we sold. So I would take people out in the big tuna all the time. And I basically, you'd find that if, if you're two guys that have never fished together, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. I and mean, if you're two people, well, Drew Gregory size, you know, um, 140, 150, but you're both very coordinated and play sports and you fish together, it might work. You know, but the, the canoe's the same way. You get one guy to go one way, the dog jumps the other off the gunnel, <laughs> and then you just have 200 pounds of gear floating down the river that you probably didn't secure, you know, in, in the best waterproof fashion that your trip is now on the fence that you should probably paddle out. You know, Drew, so do you it's, remember that, that story that Chris um, Fowler told us about how he handles his Devil's River trip? Oh, yeah, he just hires people to carry his stuff. He hires a... a, a <laughs> A, friend, a buddy of his, he pays him to go on this trip. <laughs> pays a so mule. That, so that his buddy can paddle the canoe and carry his cooler full of steaks, ice cold beer. I dig it. <laughs> snacks. I mean, it was so it was my last September trip. I went to Peru and uh, hiked the Inca Trail. And it's my first experience with other people carrying your gear. Did you go to, did you go to Chichen Itza or was it, um, Oh, where did you go? Not Chichen Itza. We did, we the, did Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. That's yeah. the one I'm trying so to we think did, of. We did some remember. places around Cusco and then, you know, four days on the Inca Trail and it ends in Machu Picchu. But, like, 
you care. I mean, granted, I carried more because I carried my full, you know, full frame cannon. You know, probably the largest backpack that I saw on the trail, um, because that's just my style. I want to be the most prepared. I don't want to have to rely on a guide that I probably don't speak the exact same language. And there's a little bit of language barrier to be like, I have an extremely sprained ankle. Uh, can you help me? I want to be able to help myself. Um, so I had a big giant backpack, but like those guys, I, I loved the experience because it, it, was, it was way different. But like. I might even look to see if there's, you know, some guided trips in the Devil's, Devil's River that I can basically carry fishing gear and that's it. They carry everything else and manage everything else so I can have a lighter weight kayak and maneuver in those rapids and then focus on fishing and having fun. And another we- two or three guys is worrying about camps and food and carrying the, the, the waste bucket and, uh, you know, focus on fishing. So, and, and, and photography, like that's, that's the, my other passion. So that'd be we a place to get up with Fowler with Fowler for that. But I Machu Picchu, tell tell me like did you feel any kind of certain way like being there and seeing it or was it just like no, eh, I mean, okay. I mean I remember as a kid, you know, it was around the same time of doing that um that that Boundary Waters trip and it was, honestly this this is going too deep, but like it was the last year that my father was alive. And we did Canada, we did Europe, and we did a bunch of crazy, crazy cool stuff. But I remember it's like, oh, we're going to go to Europe and look at all this old art and museums. So I was like, I don't really care. You know, so like the Peru thing, like it's four days. You only cover about 40 miles. To me, it's the, the experience as a whole. It, it didn't, didn't just result from the end result and the end destination. The, the, the journey along the way was just as powerful. Um, so it was it was some of the most wild mountains I've ever seen. Um, I'd love to go back and there's, I guess I was talking to like uh, senior bass fishing, um, JC and, um, he, I guess he has a buddy or he did it that like you literally sleep in the desert in like overlanding trucks and catch halibut from the beach in Peru. Um, so like I might go back and do that one, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was more of, I had fun along the way of Machu Picchu, but like literally where that is stationed, if that's all you can make it, you literally go to Aguas Calientes, take the bus up to Machu Picchu and that's you don't you're not actually hiking the whole trail. Do it. it. It literally is some of the most beautiful mountains and scenery that I'd ever seen in my entire life. You know, I took more pictures of the mountains than I did the ruins itself. Um, do they but, have I mean, donkeys to carry you? Um, they 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 well, in that if you just take the bus, you're, you're walking minimal. Like you're just walking up some. Stairs. Drew, you're good, buddy. I like um, that. I if you do some through. other mountains in there, like the the Inca Trail itself, day one and day one and half a day two. Um, there are some livestock that carry food, but after that, it's all stone and there's no hooves and livestock allowed. I've but. tried to invite this buddy to go hiking with me, go camping. His, his old lady's all about it. Him. He's like, I'll just meet y'all back down to camp. <laughs> y'all can <laughs> hike have all some you steaks want. ready. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go be the camp camp dude. Like I'll go cook steaks. I'll have everything ready. Y'all go hiking, have at it. I don't enjoy walking. Like I, mean, I freaking just love it, man. Walking and looking, but but I'm I'll go back and, and I I definitely want to knock out South America from a fishing perspective. And ironically, I was looking at the Los Buzos um, website last night and I couldn't find a price, so I I need to probably reach out and see what that overall cost is of that trip. But I'd like to South America was attractive for me from a, just a t- fun adventure you know standpoint. So I'd like to tie in some fishing next time for sure. Nice. Well, we're like. 30 40 minutes into this episode we haven't talked a bit about marketing so let's kind of get let's get into the meat of the episode one of the reasons why we wanted to do this episode is because this time of year you know everybody gets on their uh, emmy award-winning speeches and they're like i would like to thank 
so-and-so, so-and-so, and I would like to announce that I'm representing so-and-so and so-and-so next year. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they kind of strive towards that. They, they want to be involved in the space, like Chris said before. They want to be involved with companies. But they may be new to the game. They have no clue what to do. You know, they can only go by what they're seeing on social media. But in, in the episode today, we're going to talk with John and, and, you know, have a discussion back and forth about, like, what are companies actually looking for? What are some do's? What are some don'ts? Like, we're going to kind of give you a, you know, working with companies, marketing 101 type of type of thing here. So, John, I'm going to give you the floor, man. Where, where do you want to start? You want to start at, like, what to do, what not to do? Where do you want to start? You said you had, like, six pages of stuff ready for us. So to me, to me it's ground me zero. You, start. you know, you got to start kind of ground zero with it. But, like, literally, you know, as we were talking before, typical kind of podcast fun. I like, you know, seat of your pants. I don't prep. Like if it's talking Yak Attack, I could talk about Yak Attack until the end of time. Like I, I live it. I breathe it. I know every facet of that business. But when it comes to something like this, it's so detail oriented that that I, I would say, you know, if it hasn't been prefaced before, the big one, and, and this is this dates back to even me on the retail side. I didn't call it a pro staff. You know, it is an ambassador team or you know, even at Yak Attack, it's Team Yak Attack. It's not the word pro staff because there's too many people. And I would say in 2011, maybe myself included, you know, and this is going to sound bad, but I was for, I don't know, a year on the KC Kayaks pro staff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it doesn't sound bad. We've talked about it on the show. It's got a negative times, connotation like, to it, yeah. though, these days. And, you know, we use the term bro staff kind of poking fun at the term bro, pro, pro staff and bringing some positive, uh, you know, I guess vibes to, to the term, but yeah, the term pro staff does. And have so, its- you know, I like to get away from it, but at least for people that are, especially fresh people that are brand new, um, the, the root of that word is promotional. And that's one thing that people need to realize. And, and everyone needs to, you know, if, if you're new to the game and you've been in this, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but like if, if you are at the point where you think, hey, this is something I want to pursue, I think I can provide value, uh, you're promoting the brand. You're promotional. That has nothing to do. There, there are very few professionals in, the, in this industry. And even someone like a, um, I don't really watch too much of actual professional bass fishing, but I really like like Brian Latimer. Um, but even someone like Mike Iaconelli, Mike Iaconelli is not a fisherman. He's a salesman. He's a, he's a, he's a personality and so there's very few people that are actually fishing for a living, you know, in, in Chad Hoover and someone like that included. It's, it's a, you know, you are a marketing platform, you know, you're a, you're a salesman um, and you have to figure out how to create return for companies. Um, but I mean, I would, I would go back and I would, you know, even back up a little bit and state that, you know, it's been a while even for Yak Attack. Like I, I've this year, I've kind of gotten a grasp on our team for a while. We had, you know, a team director that had some health issues and I was kind of picking up the pieces during COVID. Um, so we're still trying to get a grasp and, and, and get a hold of it all. Um, but for a while, I just had an open application on our website. And, you know, there was, there's a YouTube guy that I like to watch back in the day. This is years ago. Um, but he would literally show people sponsor, sponsor me tapes in the skateboard industry and review it on the spot, like in a YouTube video. And some of them you're like, that guy's got it. Like sponsor him. Some of them you're like, why did this person make this video? And I, and I think that's one that, that, that kind of needs to be discussed, at least from an early perspective of if, if the word, you know, I'm new to the sport, you know, I, I just started 
it's it's not necessarily for you. You know, to me, you need to understand and hone your craft of what is paddle sports, what is paddling, you know, and what is, you know, there is the fishing side of it too, but also how to work social media, what social media platforms work for you, you know, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Are you good at writing? Are you good at photography? Are you good at video? Um, you need to know, your, you need to understand yourself from a marketing perspective. You, you know? can't so just think that you're a, a badass fisherman and that means everybody's going to want to work with you. Because I think that's where people, especially new guys, they're like, man, I'm slaying it out here and I've got 20 hero shots and I've got stringer pitchers. You know, these companies have got to work with me. No, that the companies don't need your stringer pitcher. I mean, maybe a stringer company, but no other. I mean, what, what value are you bringing to another company with, with a stringer pick? And they they think that things like that are what is going to impress you know, different brands and different companies. John, what if you wish social media would burn and die? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Look I, at his I, face. I, I, I do. Eyes got big. I, I, do, I do and don't. <laughs> I, I do from a personal standpoint that like I, I don't, I don't care about my own brand. I don't, I don't, I barely post on Instagram. Facebook is literally just to communicate work-wise and be, you can't really have a Facebook login and not have a personal one to get into Facebook business. Um, so I, from a mental standpoint and doing grad school in the past two years, like I had to maximize my life. You know, I had to basically, every minute was optimized. So like I would burn social media down on the ground. Um, but from a marketing perspective and a business perspective, it is the greatest yeah. tool we have. From a business perspective, from a, you know, you guys doing your, your podcast, your show, um, all the way to, you know, small mom and pop dealers like Manor Sales being able to broadcast to their um, state, their regional, or even with their e-com business the, from a national perspective uh, of sales. So, you know, to me, social media is powerful. Um, you know, Chris, but I, that just means you need to get into, you need to be a marketer. If you hate social media, that's what I'm getting from this. You just <laughs> need to be on the other side and you need to be a marketer. I, I do. I do an amazing, influencer. you know, we've said it on this show before. Um, I do an amazing job at, you know, being a real life person <laughs> somewhere, you know, filling that space. Um, you know, I'm 45, I'll be 46 years old. Um, I love trade shows. I love doc talk. I love, you know, being somewhere. I love being at stores, man. Whenever I went to Mariner sales just to hang out, I end up selling like a couple thousand dollars worth of shit. And I'm yeah. not even, I'm not even on their payroll, but Just I'm like, like man, this is people. fun. This is yeah. fun. Yeah. I can't do it on, on social media, man. But, you, but people that's, on, you people on Facebook drive me nuts. But to me, I mean, that that's part of it, you know, that, and we'll get into that later, but like you have to identify where you provide value, you know, and it's, it, let's say you have made it to the team perspective. You, you are, you know, you're on a, you're on a pro staff, you know, or an ambassador program. You know, there are guys that are literally driving 40, 50,000 miles a year tournament fishing. There's there's a handful of them. Um, you know, that is that's an avenue to provide value. It's not the 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 end result. Um, but you know, guys like you that would be in the store doing seminars and demo days and trade shows, you know, and boat shows and fishing shows with that retailer, um, that's that's those are also ways to provide value. You know, someone like me you know, if I was to say like, you know, I would like to be on this paddle brands team, how do I provide value? And to me, I look at like, I, I write very well. Um, but I also do photography. Like that's, those are my two strong points 
Um, and they wouldn't even ask, but like, yeah, I'm, product strategy and stuff like this from a business perspective is, is solid, but from just a foundational pro staff level, you know, my camera would be my asset, you know, but also like, I don't like video, you know, I, I don't like flashy, you know, real video, like I, or like the, I loved it, but like the old Drew Gregory hooked on wild water show, like I would never produce that because it's, it's cool. It's flashy, but like, I'm more about, even from a yak tax standpoint, you you probably read through the lines that if it's video, it's educational. You know, I want to teach someone something. Um, you know, I don't know. I threw out some other things of providing value. Um, you know, some guys write, write blogs, you know, every single, whether it's Mariner sales about, you know, what's the top kayaks of the year, what's the most comfortable seats, you know, what's the best river, river kayak, or tell me about your specific kayak that's, you know, and how you rig it. Uh, content marketing is still alive, you know, blog, you know, blogs and actual writing. It's before we get to the AI world of that doing it for us. Um, that's an excellent way for, for anyone, you know, to provide value. Um, but also, you know, someone like that owns, that has a guide service, you know, how many thousands of people or hundreds of people do you get in seats every year? Um, so I think it's, you know, to me, you know, if someone's wanting to pursue it, they, they have to ask themselves that simple question. Um, how can I provide value? You know, how can I create, you know, a revenue? Basically, if, if you're not creating revenue for that store or that brand and creating buzz, there's really no point. Drew says reels are the way of the future. Oh, I agree. And I hate it. I mean, <laughs> I, I do. Because, like, I, I mean, photography, like... John, you and, and I are going to get along this, oh, fantastically, oh, man. We're going to get along great. I recently found out that people are still using email as a way to communicate. Can you believe that? That email is still relevant? I still try. And I mean, honestly, I talked to an agency the other day that was like, hey, let us take on your email marketing. We'll, we'll put X amount of hours in. And they gave this absurd price. And I was like, that eh, doesn't sound that bad. And then I talked to someone. They're like, what makes you buy every email? I was like, if someone's having a fire sale and going out of business and it's 70% yeah. off. But other exactly. than that, I don't open an email. Um, but blog, it, it works to a certain sense. Is, the blog space is pretty big over email. But at least for us, the, the time that I do find email to be, I know this is deviating a little bit, but I, I find email to be very, very successful um, is product launches like the black pack. It's it's because if you're not on social or you missed it and you, you didn't see it for a week or you're, I don't know, as busy with or the kids and all of a sudden you get hit with that email, book. you're like, oh, the black pack's live. I'm going to buy it right now. So that's that's the only time that I try to communicate with email is like real substance. You know, I don't use AI bots and all that stuff to blow you up over. You left this product in your cart. You know, that's not me. Not you. Chris, I got I got a question for you. I need your help. What's up, dog? What's up? I, I need your help. He's talking about like you got to bring your best assets, you know, to the forefront to, for a company. Like I, I talked before, like my 2023 goal is I want to try to get on the Old Town team. So you want to be on the national team. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my good looks and my sense of humor, like how do I bring that to the forefront? That's my best assets. What do I do? Well, if, I'm going ha to hang this up on is this random, call right but, now. <laughs> but if you want my 50-page my marketing document on all that was Old Town, I'll give it to you. I mean, because basically it says what they're doing and what they're not doing. Just make sure um, to email it to me. And I'll, I'll email it to you for sure because I mean you'll find I mean they were they're doing way better than what they were um, in like the predator days that they they're killing it like they they Which figured out that they're communicating the with the fishermen now so predators yeah, still are. exist. 
No, it doesn't. The predator yes, is does. gone. The it's still so gone. They just it is the, the name, big water sir. <laughs> it is the big water PDL one thirty two, not the predator. It's funny whenever I first saw somebody in a predator. Sorry, John, you got to know something about this show. We will go for two hours or more, and we will deviate from whatever we're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, you said deviate bullshit. a little bit. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we're going to deviate no. a lot. No, yeah. I'm cool with that. I mean, it's first, I, I, tend, I tend to ramble sometimes, too, and, and I need to be First time I saw a guy um, fishing out of a predator, it was during an LSKS event, and it was like 2012 or something like that. Way long ago, right? And... Uh, I'm fishing out of a Scupper Pro, an original Scupper Pro. And this guy turns this corner and I'm like, bro, we're in like three inches of water. How are you moving that thing? This is an ultimate pig. And he's like, shallow. He's like, check out my legs, bro. And he lifts his leg up and it's like mud, right? All the way up this thigh. He's like, I ain't paddling it. (laughs) I'm pushing it. Pushing through the dang mud. Yeah, yeah. Now, Chris, you asked John about, about reels, and I said, like, reels are the future. And, you know, even in, like, He probably new... told said that to me to just irk me, to be honest. Well, no, because he, he, no, me and John talked about it a little bit. And even, you know, in the Yak Attack team where, where Joe was just I'm posting just talking about, about... You irked me, Drew. You oh, said well, yeah, it to I, me. I irked you on purpose. To... Yeah. But Joe was talking about, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're trying to get some of these... Uh, new carts out there, but here's the steps on what you have to do in order to receive one of these carts. And one of them was you got to produce a reel. Like, yeah. I mean, that just goes to show you that that's well, one thing that these companies are looking for. We're talking to John right now, and that's what they want for Yak Attack. There is no doubt in anyone's mind that people like you and I, Drew, I mean, look at what we created, okay? The Paddler's Playbook is probably one. Which is long form. This is not real form. (laughs) This is long form for sure. Yeah, but we uh, we've created this. You know, this is this came from our own minds. We're creative people. You've seen the reels and short videos that I've put out there. They're pretty freaking creative. They're good if you would just do them. Like if you would just stick to it, we we'd be blowing. I get exhausted, bro. I get exhausted. We'd be blowing up. It's just, it's so exhausting. Like, I work so long every day, you know, long, hard hours. And and then I want to come home and do other things, right? Posting a reel is fun, and that's sometimes, you know, what I want to do. But it's not always what I want to do. I want to come home and... Once a week. I, Let's do it I once a week. Oh, man. Maybe, maybe, but... I do like writing, and I used to write a lot. I used to write a lot, and I don't know if you remember the old G-Yacker days mm-hmm. when I used to get on there, and and I would post, like, I mean, that's what Facebook was for, was like. No, remember no, those no, days? that was just you making stuff. <laughs> I'm not talking about keyboard. <laughs> I'm not talking more, about being a keyboard warrior. More. Every single one of Chris's yeah, posts, it, you had to yeah, click see more. Bro, it's but just like, they weren't. Bloop. My whole phone, they my whole like, Palm Pilot was full. They, a Palm Pilot, <laughs> your handspring. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't just like a couple of, you know, paragraphs about BS. It was entertainment, you know, something that people will actually read. You um, liked writing. You were into it. I mean, I used to write for MMA uh, fighting, like Texas MMA fighting. Like I did 
some writing for them as a blog. I had Mr. Uh, Mr. MMA was my little but, blog where I wrote about UFC and Bellator and You know, there's one else. thing that I, I'm never exhausted over. And Watching that's photography, reels? dude. And I'm always looking for new gear to get into and new gear to buy, but it's so expensive, man. I'm saying that, and Drew's like, yeah, dude, but you're going to buy two new kayaks on Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you were saying, I need to clean out my storage unit. I need to get rid of some stuff. Hey. Drew, do you want to buy this TV? How about this old kayak? I need to get rid of this furniture. And then, you know, not a Joe, day later, check out this new paddleboard that I got. Joe I'm goes, getting a new, conf- a new unlimited. Like, Joe, bro, come on Joe now. Goes, Joe goes, you'd be a great candidate for the uh, for the uh, kayak cart because you've got <laughs> so many damn kayaks Jesus Christ, got like, a hundred of them. I know, too damn many. But anyway, John, I love the you know the thought that you know photography, your camera's always there with you. You know, you you packed like you were saying on your packing trips. You're not just packing a camera; you're packing your best camera and probably your best gear to get the best shot. Yeah. Um, that's something I can't ever get enough of. In fact, I just ordered a brand new tablet. Um, that uses the S Pen because the S Pen and Lightroom, oh, man, that'd be sick. it's a game changer. Yeah, it is a game changer. So, uh, I'm I, always down for photography. I gotta ask you both this too because you both brought it up though. How many blogs do you read? I, I like read, I read a week. fair amount of them I, to be honest. How it's, many it's, blogs and it's more, do you read? Travel recommendations, and I, I mean, I read a lot leading up to that Peru trip. But um, it, is it more of it's SEO I have, related? I have to me. something. Like, I'm gonna search this, and then I may read their blog post. Yeah, I mean, at least for brand wise, like you know, if you type in what is the best kayak cart, you're gonna find a blog. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna find a blog that leads you to probably is an Amazon affiliate. I was that, gonna say, is it not a blog great. or is it like, hey, let's put the let's put this up? Because if you search the best kayaks of 2023, you're gonna get some bullshit. You like, <laughs> yeah, I hate using those search <laughs> strings these days. I wanted to find like the best deodorant, you know, and it, the the AI crap that that popped up. I was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, because. I think a lot of the blogs now they just they need it for the keyword searches. Like That's the more the more you put, I don't know what the marketing terms are, but I don't know if it's SEO or whatever. Yeah. But the more you put Yak Attack name in your blog, the more likely it's going to pop up and different. And I don't mean to yeah. just like I'm not picking on Yak Attack. I'm just yeah. using it because Chris yeah, is it's, wearing it's Yak relevant Attack hat it, right now. Bro, it, you know it, why I wore this hat? <laughs> I was looking for a hat to wear because I cut my hair. The hair's gone. Is it that bad that you had to wear a hat? Hair is gone, bro. Let me so, see the back. Let me see the back. Turn. Oh, it looks good. Oh, yeah, that yeah. ain't that bad. Yeah, that looks good. I thought you got it cut weird. The, the lady, John, the, do you have anything to do with these marketing on these hats? This hat, this hat is the only hat yeah. I've ever owned in my whole entire life that does this. That fits your big head, probably. Exactly, that fits your big head. That is what I was gonna say. John, you t- are you tucking the ears in? Like, is that your? Yeah, I can tuck, tuck my ear ears inside the hat. <laughs> yes, I've but, got a huge head, John. But he's got a huge melon. I was gonna say for us with like bean heads, those hats don't work. I like to wear it, but I look like a train conductor, so I just put it on for a picture real quick and then take it off because I look like a choo choo going down the tracks. 
Yeah, but I need to shoot for some a variety of hat shapes and sizes. They, well, not the foamy, loves the trucker hat. So the foamy I is do, probably but, the you know. best hat ever made, ever created. So get you some foam hats, yeah. man, and make I think me a good happy. foam front hat. You know, you can do a lot of cool sublimation on those and a lot of cool designs. Well, not only that, but they stay cool during the summer. Yeah, and you don't sweat through them, so the brim never gets a sweat line <laughs> on them. Uh, Drew, to answer your question, I hate reading, bro. Isn't that weird? Like, I you, can write. I can write like all day long. What do you long. like doing? You don't like reading. You don't like video games. You don't like watching YouTube videos. You just like going out in the yard and cutting shit up. <laughs> like, I like building. Like. I like building. I like rigging. I like uh, designing. Taking pictures things, of stuff. Man. You know what I love to read is technical manuals, which is really freaking strange, right? <laughs> what the? What is That one's crazy. That, that's, uh, that one's a bit odd, you know. But that's, but that's my, your job. That's why you like I, it. It's part of your job. But I can't even say that I, it's a, you know, I'm, I've become a product of my work environment. I did that even before, you know, I worked. I, that was the only thing that could keep me interested. Like, we would sit down and, and go over, you know, books that we needed to read for school. And I was like, gosh, these suck so I bad. Just but I could pick up popular mechanics. just have the VCR you know? manual, I'd be great. <laughs> just give me, some, give me some VCR manuals, baby. Let me program this analog clock. Mom got a new microwave <laughs> oven. Give me the instructions. It is time to read. <laughs> have a fun Saturday night now. All right, John, we went uh, way, way, way off track. So let's <laughs> let's try to bring it back on track. So... Find what you're good at in the space. Yeah. Start doing it. Yeah. Right. And then, and then the big one. I mean, kind of. I mean, hitting on kind of the Mariner sales connection. If you're fresh, if you're fresh in this and new to this, but you feel like you bring something to the table, maybe you are that that you know you're an excellent fisherman. You know, you know whatever you rate yourself against other YouTube people, you've never competed in a tournament, and basically get creating a relationship with your local dealer is the first step. You know, no matter what, like before you ever reach out to me, before you ever reach out to, you know, old town or whoever, they want a connection. We want a connection with the local Yak Attack retailer. And that's a little bit, there's a little bit of an understanding that needs to happen there too. Like this sport, it's not creating a relationship with, you know, Dick Sporting Goods or Cabela's. Like that's not going to ever happen. Like Mm-mm. that's just not how those stores operate. You know, so it's finding, you know, whether it's a local tackle shop that you buy stuff from, whether it's a local, like, true paddle sports store. Um, I mean, paddle sports and kayak fishing sold through a bunch of different avenues. You know, like, Mariner Sales is, what, like, one of the key ones. It's like, you are a kayak retailer. And their sale business and all that other stuff, you know, kind of where it originated from. But, like, there's tackle stores that, that carry, you know, some kayak fishing products, not even the kayaks. And I know a lot of people that work with stores like that. Um, so that's, that's the big first one is become, you know, become their best asset, you know, be in the store and like, I'll even walk in some of our dealers and end up selling more product and people look at me like, who are you? I was like, oh wait, I, sorry, I didn't introduce myself, but that guy bought a bunch of stuff. So, you know, it's creating a relationship with your retailer is the first step to me, no matter what, no matter if you're hitting it hard on TikTok and you just eat a bunch of viral stuff, you probably should go to your local, you know, local retailer. Cause that's where you really start to learn the business side of this. You start to learn that it's... Pro tip. Pro tip. <laughs> you know, if, if if they're if you if you're not making money for the retailer, it, it's not going to translate to the internet. You know, but if you can get people in that store and create interest, whether it's seminars, you know, working fishing shows, and like you said, you know, this is boat show fishing show, show season. You know, they're happening almost every weekend right now, and, and it's one of those that these kayak shops have figured that out. 
you know, back in 2011, 2012, there was not a lot of kayak stores at fishing shows, you know, but nowadays that's a big part of it. So, you know, to me, that's a big one of, you know, that gives you an opportunity to learn the brands they carry, learn about those brands and put that to use. That, learn what, that, that That's one of the big things. Um, working with those retailers, those retailers are carrying Yak Attack. They're carrying Old Town. They're carrying Bend and Branches. They already have relationships with all these other, all these other companies too. If you start to make a great impression on the actual retailer that's selling these, you're going to get introduced to the rep for Old Town. You're going to get introduced to whoever the rep is for Yak Attack, and then you start to get into that circle of people and knowing more and more people then you start to get more eyeballs on you then your your you know whatever you're putting out there your blog gets more hits your podcast gets more hits your reels get more likes you know you you start down this path and then it kind of it can start to snowball for you the more relationships you make and the more you can sell what you're bringing to the table to all these different people but the person who has connections to all these different brands is usually, you know, your local retailer. Yeah. And that one, I think correlates a lot to like, especially kayak brands um, that I think, I don't know if it still exists, but like Hobie used to, if you were on the the baseline Hobie team, you had to be through a retailer. Um, I think they're they, changing that stuff up though. From what I hear. Yeah. It's going to get weird. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. The, I mean, I don't know exact stuff about it, but Hobie stuff is going to get with their, Pro team and everything. It's, it's yeah. going to be a little different over it's the next year and a half. But I think like even New Canoe went to that, that that option was like every store they have or whatever, you know, going to have an associated pro team member that's a Hobie specific team member. And, you know, that's not really my place to speak. That's just kind of talking to some of the guys and seeing, you know, what's happening. So, you know, and that's a big one. But that also like that gives you the ability to like, if you're working in these trade shows and someone's like, well, why should I buy from your store? Like, you know, why should I buy these specific products? It gives you an option and an opportunity to like really learn and talk about the product, you know? And that's one, that's the biggest one that once you ever do make it to an actual team, learn the products, you know, and, and, and like, like super research and learn the products that, you know, like we, I don't know, we've taken a, a, a good number of guys to iCast over the years and you get kayak angler pop up with a, you know, they pull straight up with their, their camera. They're like, oh, hey, uh, since John's busy, like, can you just do a video on the new products? And they just freeze. You know, they're like, this is the black box. You know, it's cool. Um, it's, <laughs> a it's, it's a box. Like, they're like, it's not called the black box, bro. You can like, put and, everything in it. And so even for us, like, our naming convention's a bit weird. You know, Toe and Stow Bar Cart, the Black Pack, the Boomstick. Like, it's specific to where you get guys talking about like, Oh, the big camera mount, small camera mount, medium camera mount. No, and so like you need to know your product line and hone your craft. Like you should be the subject matter expert being a team member of if, if you're on Z man, you should know every Z man bait and every color, you know, just rattling it off, off, you know, off the head. So it's, it's a big one to understand the products once you get to that level. But from a retail perspective, you should know what they carry and what you like, what you prefer, you know, what might fit their, you know, one of my biggest life lessons I ever learned from a sales perspective was someone coming into the retail store hiking Kilimanjaro or something like that. They had no idea what they were doing. They just signed up for some trip and they're like, I need backpack. I need the whole gear. And they, they point at the most expensive backpack. They're like, I'm doing Kilimanjaro. I probably need the best backpack. I was like, dude, that's going to be like six months on the Appalachian Trail, dude. You don't need to spend that money. And so I took him from like a $600 backpacking backpack into something that was like 250 That's very reasonable, very well, well built. And, and just what he needed for what he was supposed to carry. 
And then in return, he was like, well, okay, I was going to go other places and buy boots and all this, but like, I'm just going to buy it here. So that guy walked out spending like $1,500, but you know, teaching someone people like people hate being sold to, you know, like, like I guess one of my points later in is if you're on a pro staff team, you, you have to be a salesman, but you can't be a salesman. You know, it's like when, when I walk into a store and I got a polo shirt and some khakis and people look at me like, all right, dude, you got two seconds. What are you selling or you get out of my store? Like that, that happens. Like that's real. Cause they're busy. It's retail. They're like, dude, I'm too busy. But then they're like, oh, it's my yak attack guy. You know? So like, I try to not look like a salesman, you know, whether it's trade shows, you know? So the goal of someone on a team is you've got to sell products somehow, but don't sell to people. You know, it has to be organic. It has to be incognito and it's got to be, I don't know. The word wasn't magical. It was, it was mysterious, you know, mysterious. like it's, it's, you've got to be mysterious in what you do to where it's not just like, yeah, attack's the best. Okay. Why, why is it the best? You know, what is it? How has it helped your fishing? How has it helped you in certain applications? You know, it's very much like that, you know, bl- the typical group post, what kayak is best for me? Oh, the big rig, you know, oh, the whole name, the failures yeah, right now, I Drew. We were like, we don't know what you do. So one, learn your customer, but also then you're able to sell, you know? So that's, that's a big part of, I think that the team member perspective is they have to understand the customer, but they got to understand the product line before they can understand their customer to sell to in whatever their unique way of adding benefit is, you know, they have to sell in their blog, they have to sell in their clinics, they have to sell in that through their, their, their photography. So, you know, that's that authenticity, you know, really needs to be front and center. All right. John, two things Two. go, go, ahead, go oh, Chris, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I got, I'll go I got ahead. two things. You know, there's a kayak that, that I wanted, but I would not buy because of their, because the, the Viking horde was because talking, the Viking uh, horde talking it up so much. I know. They because they're there that I was on that, that first pro staff. The so slam marketing that they had was because it was just, was it talking about other competitors and been like it's trash and like no 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 slam like an in your face yes uh, but no yeah. but I know what you're talking about one hundred percent like as soon as they came out we are the best nobody's better than us our our holes don't break they don't degrade they don't leak they don't you know and I'm like you cannot come at me with these claims and want me to take you seriously. I want one of these kayaks because they actually paddle really freaking nice and they have a regular seat or saddle, but I won't buy one because of your marketing because you are totally being a salesman. Yeah. And that's, and that's true. I mean, it literally like I used to, I remember, I don't know, we had kind of a, one of Luther's buddies who was a business consultant and, and he was like, Oh, we're gonna get some shirts. And like, it's these, like these polos that look like I'm at CES selling tablets to people. And it just didn't work for our brand. So I was like, man, I want to buy like a, I don't know, a Jetty Life fishing shirt, you know, and logo that. Cause like, that's what I wear on a day-to-day basis. You know, I mean, I, so it's, that's the key. One of the key roots to the whole thing is as a team member, you know, marketing in general, marketing is selling, you know, selling is marketing and business development. It's all, it's all the same thing. It's just, it's just the approach. You know, so I tend to use education as a big front and center of how I do my marketing and how like you'll never find anything yak tech related, anything I've ever stated, anything from Luther that ever states like our product is way better than theirs. I'm going to tell you about my product. I'm going to tell you about the features, what it does, why I designed it. I'm never going to, I don't know, I took the word slam differently, but slam the competitors and like, well, that boat's trash. You shouldn't paddle that. You know, that that's never going to come out of my mouth. So like as a team guy like that, that statement and like understanding your brand, like you can't, 
you can't recommend stuff unless you understand it and then understands people app applications. You know, what rod holder do I need? Cool. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Like, are you trolling for mahi or steelhead or are you fly fishing? Like you, so it's, you know, that's the big, you're one of the big pieces of the pie of honestly, where I think where we're at in social media and team guys. Um, and I'm not saying all, all of them and every one of them, but it's being that first shield for customer service internally is if, if you got all these random questions and like people have like problem, you know, product problems, you need one, understand the product, but like a lot of the, the team guys, they can help with that. You know, cause like people, a lot of people think we're a big company. I mean, we're 40 people and 80% of that is assembly like and shipping personnel. As far as customer service, you got two, you know, marketing, you got two, you know, so as far as understanding the product, but it, you know, being able to help people, make sure they've got the right, you know, product for their needs. And, you know, whether they have any product questions, concerns, that's a big piece of this pie. And that's where social media creates that gut. You know, they want that group think to be like, all right, kayak bass fishing, like what rod holder do I need? Or I have a yak tack problem who can solve it here. Cause I'm not going to reach out to this company and ask them the question. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a big piece of the, of kind of what we've kind of come to. It's people want answers and they want it right now, but they, they find that, that, that group think of, pulling the crowd for something they probably could have just picked up the phone and called me or, you know, called yak attack and be like, I have a simple question. You know, they just will go on there and trash a brand. Cause it, you know, they, they missed something in shipping or they were using a product incorrectly. So the, the team guys can, can really, really help with that. You know, even from that perspective of just there's 10,000 users group, you know, and then the, you know, Facebook and across the interwebs. Drew, yeah. you had two things and then I had one more. So All right. go for I had it, two, man. I had two things. First off, I like the toe and stow. I like that name, but I think you guys should have went with my suggestions, which were the war wagon <laughs> and the kayak chariot. Those were the two that I thought that the cart should have been a, but I, I like, like toe and stow. I like, I like the toe and stow. Yeah. We, we I have really a, wanted the war wagon to put We have that naming AR convention teams. that we, we tend to name it, um, what it does. You know, a yeah. lot of the newer ones, you know, mega, yeah, that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense of what it does. Um, but the, the switchblade, you know, being, you know, having an edge, being a blade, you know, having, being better, you know, um, hydrodynamics going through the water or tow and stow. If you tow it, then you stow it. And Barkhart, I mean, I, I don't know. That was one to where it, it, it stuck quickly, but it was our, one of the differenti differenti differentiators of that product is the, the bars themselves the bars and how they turn. can dual orientation and, um, but also the stowage aspect. So that's just kind of our trend, you know, and there's probably some products that will deviate that we're, we're ramping up product development hard. So it's going to be a fun year and a lot of products to name. So, okay. Now I got three things, but okay. So I'm going to, that was one. So here's two. John Luther's been on this show twice since you said that each time he was on the show. The first time he let us know, Hey, we got a new black pack coming. And that was the first time we heard about the new black pack. The last time he was on, he was like, Hey, we got a new cart coming. So I'm just saying, by the end of the episode, if, if everything's going to keep going, you've got to let the cat out of the bag a little bit about something coming on. But we'll, I might have one. I might I'll have one that, that I'm cool with because it's happening next week. Like okay, we'll let that let that simmer yeah, just I might real quick. On that one. All right, I'm, I'm okay with that, but we got to continue When, when are we trend. live with the show? We said next Tuesday. Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So that is the we'll what? Right. 24th. That is the 24th, the 24th is when this is going to drop. Um, but I, you've talked about it, and Chris kind of talked about it, but I don't think you guys, like, said exactly it that I think these guys need to take from that whole conversation is 
you have got to, to sell something to somebody. And Chris will agree with me because I'll send him messages about this. And I'm like, man, I hate these posts where it's a brand new product coming out and somebody posts, best. this is the greatest product ever. <laughs> they are great. You've never had your hands on it. You've never used it. You've never used the competitors. You no one has. You, you have no idea what's going on with it. But if you are going, people, people don't hate being sold to. People hate being sold to if you don't know what they're trying to buy. Like if you don't know their needs and you don't know what they're they're trying to get to or the outcomes that they're trying to aspire to, you can't sell them something if you don't know what they want or what they need. So you kind of said it like it's good for you to sell stuff to people, but you can't sell stuff to someone if you don't know what their needs are. Yeah. Like you were saying with the rod holder, we don't know if they're trolling you don't know if they use conventional gear most of the time, or maybe they need a rod holder where they can use one rod holder for a fly rod, a spinning rod, and a bait caster. You know, they may need the Omega for that. AR tube is going to work fine if you're just using regular conventional gear, but you're not going to be able to strap it and lock it in if you're trolling with it. So there's all kinds of different questions you have to ask. And like Chris was saying, a lot of people get upset whenever well i don't think a lot of people get upset but people who have been in the industry or you know have sold stuff or have you know a sales mind whenever you see some of these posts just about what's the best fishing kayak oh you've got to get the big rig the big rig is the ultimate best for everything before they even ask if you just want to carry heavy shit around yeah (laughs) what type of fishing do you do how are you going to transport this kayak you know are you in deep water a lot? Are you in shallow water a lot? You know, there's so many different, are you going to put a motor on it? Are you not going to put them up? Like there's so many different questions that you have to ask. If you're not asking your customer questions, then you are not being a good salesman or a good steward for the brand that you're representing or anything like that. And you know, he's when, when John talks about being subject matter expert for your company, you know, being the person that actually is supposed to know the product and talk about it and not just call it the black box. Um, these guys should also know their competitors. Absolutely. Yeah. That and one's giant. Used them. Yeah. That yeah, one's used the competitor. Yes. Yes. Because this one, this one's a weird one that like, this is real was I had, I mean, back in the bona fide days, I had bona fide team members that would come up to me and they're like, man, I really want to try this new boat, you know, from this other company sitting over there, whether it was iCast or a big demo day. And, but he's like, you'd probably kick me off the team if I tried it. And I was just, my, my, my head exploded. I was like, this makes no. no no sense at all. Like, I want you to go paddle that boat. I want you to understand that boat. I want you to understand its features, its pitfalls, you know, what were the pros and cons to where you know your product more effectively. And so that's where, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of grooming one of the guys under me that, that used to be, you know, he kind of came and he was doing our inventory purchasing, but he just didn't really have the passion for it and was like, I want to, I'm a kayak angler. Like I want to, I want to work under John. And that's my one thing I told him. I was like, you need to understand our competitors better than anyone else in the entire, this entire business. And, but it was just that one demo day an example that I was like, that one has to be stated of no matter what kayak brand you are in, no team director is ever going to care that you are testing the new hotness from another, another brand. You know, if you're on the Crescent team and you're a Sholey guy and you see, you know, the, the Bonavide RVR, and you're like, well, I need to understand that what that riverboat does. Okay, cool. You should probably paddle it. 
And so that that one's giant. Like that one is, and it's such a misconception because they see it all the time. Like, oh, I got I got to do this off hours while no one's around in the demo day. No, go paddle this. No one's gonna care. So it, it benefits. Just you. don't make it, a video while are, you're on it. Yeah, there like, are some. That there, one well, sucks. And you see, that's I advocated for for a change in the way that companies treat their pro staff for kayaks. And I tried to start with Austin Canoe and Kayak. And what I talked to them about was stop putting these people in brands and just t- just make them a kayak pro staffer for ACK. And your pro staff has a, a pool of boats that they can paddle, and they have to know every single one of them. That way, at demo yeah. days, guess what? They can talk every single kayak to every single customer that comes through there. Because even boat day. shows, you know, if, if this happens all the time too, but you have a boat show, there's, there's one going on with my local dealer, and they typically would have um, an old town guy, a Jackson guy, a Hobie guy, a native guy. What if the Hobie guy, guy's sick or, or his wife's having a baby? But it happens all the time where these guys are lined up individually with their boats. The guy's out getting lunch. The guy's like, well, I really like this boat. He's like, well, no one's here to talk about it. I'll talk about it. Well, I'll help you out. And like mm-hmm. you, you, you sell other boats no matter what when you're at one of these these boat shows. Like someone's like, hey, I really just want a under thousand dollars sit on top. You're like that's not my realm, but I'll help you. Like so, it's I completely agree with the like even something. This is this completely off the you know completely random, but even something like the early days of like the Wilderness Systems KBF National Championship. Like Wilderness Systems was that was a headliner one year with like Torquedo. Like a kayak brand, same thing as like the the River Bassin series by Jackson Kayak. They thought that was a Jackson Kayak tournament. It really wasn't. It was a Drew Gregory tournament that was highly sponsored by Jackson, but they mainly got Jackson guys to fish those tournaments. You know, so I'm the same way with team guys that from a kayak brand or a retailer perspective, they they should be rather independent, but hey, this is what I prefer, but I'm knowledgeable of my entire fleet. Word. And that's one of the reasons why, Drew, do you agree that people would like to listen to our show because we don't just bring the perspective of one individual product, but many, many products. You know, we've, I'm constantly buying brand new kayaks, paddling new kayaks, trying new product. We get Dirt excited about kayaks. new things, man. <clears throat> um, our biggest, our biggest show sponsor, like one of the biggest show sponsors is, is pure fishing. Right. And underneath their umbrella is a, huge conglomerate of, of products and every time they come out with something new drew is like this is the best ever right drew no i don't say it's the best ever <laughs> i, I say, over new no, products. I, I like I to say it this way i cannot wait to i like test to say it this, this way. product out that's we, what I, I always say i said that because drew was looking down at his phone typing something to someone probably no i'm, I'm looking something up because i don't but know if john's the guy i need to talk to but this is an offline exciting. thing from bonafide <laughs> from my bonafide oh days. yeah here it comes again somebody owes him some damn money yes. Could you pay him please big adventures owes me some money and i don't know who i talked to that's and not I can't that's not me was, but like i got I can't some, remember if it was john some, or not some, some intel some of the old school stuff Oh, I'll, check I'll take that. Is that a size nine? I'll take that for when I they owed me some money for working the boat show for Bonafide. Size ten. They're my size. Oh shit! I wear a nine. I could wear two pair of socks. <laughs> you have my address. Those are- well, the, the, what I was going to say is we 
Drew usually says, or I usually say, or somebody, you know, we're like, we're excited about this new thing coming yes. out, you know? Instead of and, saying and, it's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Let me tell you why I'm actually excited to see this and start to highlight some of the the redesign of the product and why they thought the redesign would work in, in that space for the product. So, you know, there's different ways to approach new product coming out without saying this is the hottest, best thing you'll ever put your hands on or sit in. Because everybody knows you're full of crap if you're talking about that point, how boom, it's the greatest product in the world when it has not dropped yet. <clears throat> you are not, you don't have enough Word clout or you got a prototype. Mind. Like, all you've seen is the same pictures that we've seen. Like, and that's why, like, I've always liked, I think Chris Funk has always called it this, and he, you know, he'll have an overview video of a brand new product. First impressions. Kind of a first impression video. Not a review, because you you literally just open this and play to day one but he'll follow up with the after the honeymoon video to where you really know what's up at that point in time you know so it's it's a year into it of a kayak where like here's my after the honeymoon review of this kayak that this is this is me spending intimate time you know the highs and lows and everything in between and here's my thoughts of the boat you know so like that's that's kind of at least, you know, we kind of prefaced like the, 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 the kite cart launch, you know, and getting the team involved and having a menu of items and being like, hey, here's what you pick a couple, you know, and, and we'll, we'll make it happen. But one of them was literally, you know, the video show of first impressions and highlight some features. You know, it's not a review because you've never used it. You're a week into this or two days into this, you know, so, you know, I understand, you know, hype and hotness are like a, I don't know, a 13 fishing bearingless reel. Like it, it evolved and changes things, you know, wah, new products wah, do. Wah. So, but it was, it was, hold on, Chris. it hold was on, buzzworthy. Dang it. I don't think I have that one. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> so do you, uh, John, do you like those? I don't use them. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was just one of those that was so from a marketing side hit so hard. I fished. I fished with this guy one time on my boat, and he was using the the bushing thirteen fishing bushing, you know, reels, and he was like, "These are the greatest things in the world." But every ten minutes, he was oiling them so that they would continue to operate properly. Like maybe not every ten minutes, but throughout <laughs> the day, he was he was oiling them. That would not work for me, New Chris. No, we no. get our reels service like every two years. Three years. I just opened up my my Revo four. For the first time to clean it, I will tell you guys. Can I go ahead and say this right now? Three years is a long time to wait, especially when you're fishing these things in salt. I had yeah, one screw that did years. not want to come out. Three. I was, I was like, damn it, I'm gonna have to drill and tap this thing. There's no way for me to get this screw out. You like to talk about me and my ALFs. You got three year old reels. Mine don't look like yours, dude. Mine still look new. Yours look like they've been through a washing machine and the dryer. That's what happens when you catch fish on them. But oh, go my ahead. gosh. <laughs> All right, what we got next? Are we going to talk about some more dudes? We're going to talk about how about brown your eyes are because you're full of shit. Yeah, I can go to some dudes. <laughs> I mean, you know, kind of what we hinted on was like in you selling, you've got to be organic as possible. You know, and how you tag companies, hashtag whatever. You know, like don't just be sitting at a baseball game with your kids and be like, great day, hashtag yak attack. Like if there is nothing related to the brand or nothing related to what you were doing that revolves around the sport, don't don't do it. Like it's just it's one of those you're like, dude, don't sell to me. Like it's I don't know, it's what I do on our our Instagram page, but I'll I'll bury the hashtags in the very, very bottom. 
away from everything because it's people just they're like, ah, oh, it's it's salesy. It's you know, it's just trying to drive reach that like they don't even want to see hashtags in anything. So something like Facebook, I don't touch it. But the big thing is just organic being organic and authentic is to me the root of one of the biggest lessons of marketing and business in general. If you are, you know, dishonest and pushy and but if it is something that like kayak cart, you know, you're basically someone, you know, like a Brad case, you know, literally blew up in Afghanistan, like shouldn't be alive. And he's like, I use this cart because it helps me get places that I need to get to that I can't back my truck. You know, I have I have a big boat because I need it for stability. You know, this is why I use this cart. It's the only cart that works for um, a native Titan because it doesn't really have a V hole or a tunnel hole. It's got a weird concave hole. This cart works. It's 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 around the reason of why I need it. We solve the problem. How do I use it and why is it important to me? You know, but as far as some of this just tagging brands for no specific reason, tagging 10,000 brands for no specific reason because it has nothing to do with that's, their products. That's the authenticity. Authenticity, if you can figure out how to sell without selling and keep it authentic, you have figured out the secret sauce. Like you should write marketing books, which we're all trying to find what's that fine line and that fine balance. But you know, to me, that's kind of two of the, the biggest keys to, to, to marketing and, and kind of the fine line between marketing and sales. But it's it's being authentic is is true to heart. And, and to me, you, you follow that, then everything should fall in line. So I'll ask you this. How many tags is too many tags in a post? Uh, well, hashtags to me, the magic number is 11. 11? Um, okay. There's a limit. What about There's ads? an actual limit. Like, if, if you're going to at some companies you're working with in one post, like, how many different ads? Because I know me, Chris and I like to talk about, like, we were like, we never want to become one of those NASCAR fishermen where every single post, I would like to thank M&M's, Lucas Oil, like, every single Dodge. Like, they got yeah. 75 tags on there. Like that's, you're not bringing any value. Like you're watering down every single thing that you do. So when you're looking at them, what's what's like the magic number you look well, for? Drew, are you at? Are you using the? I use at tag. Or I are you actually using like a tag in in your photo? On Facebook, or I'm using at. On Instagram, I'm hashtagging. So at least well, this is kind of one of my points with Instagram. If you are on a team you should be tagging the company within the reel or within the photo if That applicable. way they can share it. Yes, and be I'm doing that too. Because, the big one, because also, it's also just, hey, are you doing something? Because then it shows up on our page um, where it's still an icon. It's probably going to go away with Instagram, I bet. Um, but you can literally, on your profile, it says, tagged photos. If you just put at Yak Attack in the text, I will never see never it. Never see it. Because within the past 24 hours, there's been 2,000 likes, you know, or 1,500 likes to where it just got so buried in those notifications because, you know, we've got ads going on. We have reels hopping. We've got day, daily posts, you know, one to two a day. So there's notifications nonstop that if you just commented at Yak Attack, even in the text of a, you know, specifically a Instagram post, I will never see it. See, I'll never yeah. comment on it. I will never be able to share it. But if you tag us in the photo or the the video, I will 100% engage you. I will 100% comment. I will 100% you know share it to my 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 stories if it's applicable to what we're doing. And so that one's the big one. But I would say from a true in the photo perspective, you should be able to click those individual brand icons without having to go through 9,000 or clicking the wrong one. 
and it should be specifically highlighting that specific product in the image. If you want to tag a, a bunch, you know, in a, the, the first, you know, comment or in the, in the body of the text in Instagram, cool. But I don't know if anyone really gets that far anymore um, as far as really seeing it. But within the photo itself, um, to me, it's only applicable to products that are extremely visible. Does does Yakutech have a store on Instagram? Um, I, I think I used to. Um, I never really had checkout um, built into it. But what I'll do is I'll tag most of our products on uh, the individual post that then will in return take you to the website. Um, I don't know how it works. This one I still haven't figured out. Um, but certain Instagram, um, you know, regular users uh, can tag Yak Attack products within their own post. Yeah, uh, I'm still I trying tag, to figure out yeah. how that works and the the settings that I have to go through to accept you to be able to tag our catalog. Um, that's what I'm still playing with. That it's quirky because a great six tool. months ago we were set up as a business or a sporting goods business. I had the option of using like. 12 tracks for reels like literally the same 12 ones i couldn't pick trending i couldn't search that i found a loophole that i changed the setting to entrepreneur and now you can collaborate with me i can collaborate with others and i could use anything possible i so am that's so a... glad you said that john i just put a reel out yesterday and if you listen to it it's got some lame ass music on there it is horrible music because it would not give me the selections, but you know what happened? I changed from digital creator because I just don't like that name. I changed from digital creator to like sports and outdoors or something. Yep, that's what that's, we were. That's the only thing that happened. So yeah. now I only you get should like, go back and put I entrepreneur or you should tell you should tell Chris Turner. <laughs> Pro tip. Thank you. Thank you. You should tell Jesus. Chris Turner to, to, to do the same thing so he'd stop using lame music on his reels as well. Well, no, his works. His works. His works. So He's why did so, he pick that lame-ass song for turning on the lights? I have no idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Chris Turner, you heard it here first. That song is lame, boy. He's just happy that Yak Attack likes some of his stuff. He's like, Yak Attack. He'll, he'll send me a text. He's like, Yak Attack like my stuff. I'm like, that's awesome, dude. He's like, I didn't even tag him, and they liked it. I'm like, that's good. Keep doing that. Impossible. He likes to joke no around. No tags at all. Because he calls it a scholarship. Like, he, he doesn't say sponsorship <laughs> or anything. He's like, man, you got to help me get some more scholarships. Give me on scholarship with Yak Attack. But he got his scholarship oh, this year. So, he hey, he's on scholarship with Pure Fishing now, too. So, he's he's moving on up. He went to Transfer Portal, went over to Pure Fishing, too. So but, yeah, we'll that's that a loophole. I, I found that out only in October. I'm going um, to change because it right I now. I wasn't hitting the real side hard because I was getting frustrated with what I could use, um, and so I found that that loophole. Um, but I also I don't mind the term digital creator uh, for what you guys do and just in general. Like if I was to do photography and other stuff, kind of mixed sure. medium type stuff, digital creator for me is light years ahead of influencer, which is probably one of my most hated terms um, in current marketing. It's funny, man. Um, you're when what year were you born, John? 88. 88. All right. I'm an yeah. 80s baby, but a late 80. I'm, no, I'm you're, a, no, you're I'm 84. My so wife, close. my wife was born in 86, and uh, I I pick with her all the time because I'm like, I'm like, man, you shouldn't you shouldn't be as cool as me. You're a millennial baby, you shouldn't be as cool as me. But I think there was like this cusp, right? This like overlapping point in that those generations where. You know what? 88 
you were close enough to being born at the year Top Gun was released. I'm good with it. Thumbs <laughs> 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 up. Uh, okay, back to I'm 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 glad that to hear though that you know there are some people out there that aren't so into this marketing monster that was created. Um, honestly, I think probably Generation X had a lot to do with it too. Um, we're just you know, bring, breathing life to a lot of the technology that was responsible for social media, although I believe it was ultimately created by your generation. Wasn't it? Wasn't uh, Zuckerberg? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think he might be a little age. older. Just, a little older? Yeah, he's little my older. age. Yeah, he's my age. Because okay. Facebook was, like, popular and just really getting going in colleges. Like when 2004, 2003. Yeah, whenever I dropped out of college i just so can't wait like for gen, gen z to, to save the world save the world from what everything <laughs> like save us from I, everything I, I read the everything every is now wrong. and then i see these these posts you know people are like these generations are going to save the world generation alpha is coming the first generation ever to be you know raised in a complete world of total technology so whatever Anyway, I digress. Let's go back. They'll be to good at reels. <laughs> They'll be good at reels. Reels will be dead by then. Probably. God willing. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to make your own reel with inside your brain by looking at someone's image. There you go. And you'll be like, yep. "Oh, turn that off." <laughs> I just I do, I don't know. I don't know where we go as far as social media and what's popular. Like it went from kind of longer YouTube videos and then the videos got shorter and shorter and shorter. And now we have like 10 second TikToks, like five second TikToks that everybody's watching. Like, I don't, I don't know. That how, one's where, true, man. That, that where one's, does our that attention one's span go? Where does our attention span go from there? Like, how do we, where do we, I don't, there has to be some type of change just, and I don't know if it's, it's something that can be taught. Like, is it, I'm having a hard time conditioned, to, bro. Yeah, I, I like not taught, conditioned. How do you get younger people to pay attention to longer stuff when their whole world has been short, short, fast, fast, full, flick, doo, flick, doo. flick, flick, even flick, in school, flick. man? Scroll, they're scroll, like, scroll, scroll, they're man. like, we're gonna do bam, 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 bam. We got to stay on the lesson plan, and they just keep it on moving, keep it on moving. They're they're trying to shove so much stuff in there. Like, how do we, as a society, just slow Drew, the f down? You can change the world. We, we do. do we do. The kids are not allowed to watch YouTube Shorts. They're not allowed to watch Reels. Like, it's like, hey, turn that off. Like, well, that's child abuse. Now you're abusing your children. Abuse. They you're can abusing go the children. Cook. Give them what they want. Give them that iPad. Give them that that cell phone. Put it. Well, in they have their, their iPads. That's what they want. Like I said, they have their iPads. They have technology. They're not over in the Give corner. Give them their YouTube shorts. Shooting marbles. Them. Like, they have technology. <laughs> playing with wooden horses in the yeah, I mean, living room. <laughs> just playing with Lincoln Logs all freaking day. Like, we let them what have What the technology. hell's wrong with Lincoln Logs, man? You could poke Play an Xbox. eye out with some Lincoln Logs. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know how we get back to consuming longer form stuff. Like, even in movies and, and TV, like, you... Look. You know what's great about some a lot of what John is saying is that 
It takes. And we're way all off track kinds. here. It, no, we're going back. We're getting back on track here in just a minute with with this statement. It takes all types, right? You can't just do it with one type. If you want, Drew, if you want people to watch content that you create that it's f- that is five minutes long, you will find people that will watch that because that's what they're looking for is content that's five minutes long, rather than now your audience may be. But how do you get the masses to do that? That's the thing. Well, I think with this, like, you don't need the masses. Like, with no, 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 not with with kayak fishing. Yeah, with with kayak fishing, you don't. It's from a from from a digital creator standpoint. But I know where you're getting at. But like for us, like we're talking about that today. Like, you hit a reel that hits twenty five twenty five grand. That was pretty good for our industry. Yeah. I had one I that hit thirty one. I got one at eighteen k right now. And I I'm told like, my daughter, I said, on, "I'm keep pushing. I'm famous, honey." She said, "Dad, I've got one that's got over two hundred seventy thousand. <laughs> you are not anywhere close to me, Dad." Yeah, well, and John, I think this this can kind of go into our conversation. You're talking about like twenty five k in our in our kayak fishing sphere is that's really good. Like me and Chris talk about our download numbers and things like that. Like they're really good for this little small niche that we're a part of. People have to realize kayak fishing is a very, very small segment of marketing of the fishing industry period as a whole. Super tiny. A lot Way of, smaller than everything else. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I've told this to Chris, too. A lot of people overvalue what they can bring to the table because they don't realize just how small this this world really is. Like, they think that they're freaking J- uh, Tom Brady. Like, no, you, you're not Tom Brady, bro. Like... You've won some tournaments, but you're you're not Tom Brady. You, you're you're overvaluing, you know, what you just bring with you just being you, not not the content you bring Unless. and stuff like that. It's just you bring you, and you're being pumped up by your five ten buddies in that Facebook group. We do have outliers. Okay, we have we have some people in the space. I never know if Chris is going to be serious with this or this is about to be a joke coming. I mean, I could I could do that. I could go any way you want, mate. But we do have outliers, right? We have people that absolutely had no idea what they were doing to begin with. There's a couple. Yeah, so, I can think of a couple off the top of my head. But they were so good at marketing and marketing themselves that, and that they made it. You're talking about Robert. Because Bobby's great, bro. I was Bobby not going was... to name any names. Well, I don't I'm know who to get you're him talking on the about. Show. I hope he hears this. So he'll <laughs> answer my dang email that he told me to send him. But go ahead. <laughs> that was it. That was it. You, you, you know, there are outliers. There are you know people that that will make it, and um, it's... and part of that too is, is being like I, me and Luther have. I guess well, mostly him, but I love it. Hitting it's, that algorithm. You you only have a certain point in time to not know something and use it. And then we talk more of product design. Like if we go to design a product, we shut ourselves in a room, don't look at what else is out there, design what we want. And so there's only a certain point in time that you don't understand something. So you, you have so much that you can absorb like a sponge and then sell it. You know, so from like a, a marketing perspective, you know, I think, I don't know, I'd never really watched the Googans. I never really, but I think that they kind of played it early on was like, I don't know how to fish but we're going to go out and we're going to find out. 
Like we're going to go out and go, you know, we're going to go fishing today. I don't care. I don't, I don't, I'm going to try this new lure. I've never used it. And I don't know. I'm just guessing with kind of that young age at that point in time, they're not going out there being the subject matter experts. Like I'm a, I'm a Kevin Van Dam of that. I'm 12 years old. And so part of that, there is some value to that. Like, I don't know. This is random, but for me, it's like my, I don't know. Probably my goal this year is I want to run a marathon. And I want to, potentially, that's what I would film and grow a social presence on would be, you know, going from 275 pounds to I want to run 30 miles before work. And, you know, kind of an unofficial marathon, just running and then running to work at 30 miles and then go to work. Um, But I want to film that of I'm learning how to run and learning how to go through this process. And so there's something to be said about that if you are, if you want to take that route. From from a true content creator, you know, digital creator standpoint to say, I want to have people go through my journey of learning this sport. It's different. You probably shouldn't be on um, manufacturers teams at that level, um, but you're going to grow your brand, you know, and that's that's also important of I haven't really gotten that too much of like you are your brand. You need to sell yourself. You need to value yourself. You need to understand what you bring to the table. But I like that concept of being you know, the dumbest person in the room, but you're not afraid to tell people and be like, dude, I, I just started fishing a month ago, but I'm doing pretty there's well. A, I'm killing it. And let's film this thing. Dozens of those stories out there though. And so how do you, you have to recreate it in a way that it's going to be new and fresh and interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's a roll of the dice too. You know, like yeah. there's people that create one song on SoundCloud and it kills it. And people that have created 2000. So in anything we're doing now, like, like, like we were talking about, we're dealing with a nutshell. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned too much with going viral, but um, being consistent and um, being a storyteller, I think, are important. So, how, how do you how do you get on Yak Attack's radar? Just I mean, uh, just think talking about Yak Attack. Like, what can somebody do to get on your radar? I would say the biggest one, and it was really the next bullet point that I had highlighted on my list, was if you don't use our products, I'm probably not even going to care. You could be the dopest fisherman out there. You could have, you know, heavy hitting YouTube and all this. But if you're not a Yak Attack user, I really probably don't care. So I want someone that bleeds orange. Like, not UT orange or, like, you, you pick what UT you're talking about, Tennessee or Texas, but uh, Clemson. No, I want someone that bleeds Yak Attack orange. You know, they, they believe in what we believe in. You know, they have the same ethics that we believe in. Um, they're not using, you know, an Asian knockoff kayak that, you know, and now they're wanting to be on this manufacturer that, that really, really reps us manufacturing. Cause those goals and everything don't align. Um, so we want someone that that's true to themselves and, but also is like, they are a brand of brand fans with Yak Attack. Like that's to me, that's one of the biggest root ones is like, I want someone that's just drunk on Yak Attack. That's like, dude, I want more. This is what I do. This is how I rig. I, I you know, I'm not saying rig overboard, but like people that do make it on the team, you're now viewed as that subject matter expert with Yak Attack. People are going to come to you as a resource, but if they see you at the boat ramp and you're like, dude, like, aren't you on team Yak Attack? Like you, you, you don't have any gear on your boat. Like this doesn't make sense. Like you're viewed as the, the rigging guy, you know? So it's, you know, and kind of for, from that same perspective, you know, really the next thing is once you do get there, you know, build content that makes sense. Talking about the stringer comment from before of if hey, you probably make stringer content if you're on a team for that makes dope stringers. Um, but like Yak Attack, like I could go through my statistics for social media really since I started. You know, I think when I started, we were at like 12,000 followers on Instagram. Now it's 60. And that's, yeah, it is what it is. 
but I could go through, I don't know how many years that, that Instagram would go back, but within our top hundred images of engagement, likes, comments, however you'd want to grade it, reach, there's not one picture of a fish. It's all heavy hitting boat ramp shots of a you know rigged out boat that's just rigged out nicely, methodically, eh, maybe ridiculously, but that's what our followers know us as. Yak attack, we don't catch fish. Yak attack, we rig boats. You know, so if you're someone like I'm on a, a lithium brand, cool. You should probably talk about how that that battery was installed, the benefits of the battery, how what you're powering, like that that you know selfie shot of you with that you know six pound bass is not gonna sell more 120 amp hour batteries. But you talking about your motor, how you you used a trolling motor for 17 miles and made it back and caught your fish of a lifetime at the boat ramp. That's going to sell some batteries. Can we talk battery teams someday, Drew? Battery teams? Like, and are we going to switch that's, teams? Or? That's 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 one that's going to just... It's been irking me for like a year and a half. I know exactly why it's been irking you, but... <laughs> yeah, the battery thing. There's a lot of battery bands. And but the reason why I, I, I read technical manuals, so I can know that shit, folks. <laughs> I just ask you... Like, I'll just send Chris a text like, hey, man, explain this to me real quick. I'm like, man, these people don't even know what they're talking about. This is driving me crazy. Just explain this to me. Okay, so now, John, you got me thinking, man. I've got to change. Not change, because I don't want to change. But I got to, the content I'm trying to supply to you guys, I've got to change the way I'm looking at that. It's if a bit it's, of both. You, you yeah, need the rigging both, videos. but the rigging videos hit way harder yeah. in our world. Yeah, because I, I think it's funny that you were talking about, like, you you want people who bleed yak attack. And I don't, I don't know if Chris and I... Like, Tell me the one time that you bled the most, Drew, <laughs> and I'll, tell, oh, I'll, sh- I'll share no, mine. No, 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 that's not what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I got a good one. I, I'm saying... Like, I've never thought about it as bleeding, yak attack, and man, I've, I've got to, I've got to push the brand, push the brand, push the brand. But then when we signed our contract from the team yak attack, one of the things that it says is like, if you're using another competitor's product, we want you to replace it with one of ours. And I went and I looked at my rigging and I'm like, Hell, I don't have to replace anything. Like, I don't have to replace anything on my boat. All my rod holders are already yak attack. My net is already yak attack. Like, most of my excess, my uh, anchor trolleys is yak attack. Like, I didn't realize. I was like, I already got everything. Yeah, I'm already (laughs) brand loyal. I'm already bleeding orange. I just never really realized it because that's the products that I liked the most, and that's what I was using. Um, But it was just weird that you were talking about, you know, all the rigging videos and don't, don't rig up with, with other competitor stuff and everything. And it just made me think I literally, I walked out to my kayak. It was already rigged up and I looked at it and I went, I don't have to change anything. Like, I'm just going to add a boomstick. Like I don't, I already got the panfish pro on there. Like I just got to add a boomstick and I'm ready to roll. John, do you remember doing the video um, at ICAST when the new boomstick came out? Probably. I mean, you guys or was someone else? No, it was you. You did it. You were at ICAST. But were you guys uh, it, filming it or someone else filming it? No, it was. I, I don't know who was filming it. it I was, remember. I mean, I remember the video. I think the year of the boomstick, I was wearing an orange shirt. 
Uh, it was probably kayak angler. See, look, um, this dude was bleeding orange, man. He knows. He, was. he knows. He knows what's going down. So that that is what keeps running through my mind. That video, whenever I, because one thing that I want to do, and I started piecing together the pieces, was the difference between the old boom and the new boom. And I'm like, man, but this has been out for so long. It's. I don't. I can't even remember when the new boom came out. Yeah, the original. The original boom was a. Um, it was a design. It predates me, but it was the. The is when the Cusa HD was sold by Jackson that it became right, but the stock. New one, uh, the, the new, new one, one was basically going to be uh, probably the end of 2017 or early 2018. 2018 would be my guess. Yeah. Um, that was kind of all that kind of bona fide realm time frame that kind of just blurs for me. But I think it was yeah 20 late 2017 or 2018. So I don't really know how many. And I haven't done the research to see if there are a lot of videos out there that show the difference. But man, if people are still using the old boomstick, they gotta upgrade. Man, it's such a huge game changer, man. My now, fortunately, I used um, cameras that had uh, hardware optical stabilization, so it was you know the old boomstick. It didn't matter. The hardware optical stabilization on the old boomstick worked well. Um, I never had a lot of bouncing around, but this new one, dude, you don't have to have optical stabilization. The software stabilization works fine. The damn thing just doesn't move. It's great. Um, but that's one thing that, that needs to get highlighted. With the horizon lock too on the new GoPros with the boom stick. That's on every camera now. Like, the horizon dude, lock is that's is pretty cool. Camera. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that existed, but that, that's my photographer tick when, I was like, if that's not right, and I hate photos because sometimes I love photos that are like weirdly cockeyed. But I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't. The horizon's not straight. <laughs> can you do the uh, horizon lock in 4K on the on the? Um, mm-hmm. You can do the horizon the lock on anything. Well, a lot yeah. of them, a lot of them that you have. So horizon lock is a big thing now, right? On on cameras, and a lot of the manufacturers out there force you down to like 2.7. You know. Or whatever it is that's in between 1080 and. I'm just 4K. filming in 1080 anyway, because like I said in our, I don't know if I said <laughs> yeah, this rendering on episode, 4K is yeah. A my computer it's will a have a freaking stroke if I try to put it in Adobe Premiere Pro on try 4K. To do, try like, to render 4K die. 360 video. Oh, Man, it has enough problems with 1080. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm still str- this Lenovo Yoga is about 10 years old. I'm gonna have to upgrade. Soon as my truck don't break down on me, <laughs> or I don't break my truck, I should say well, it like that. You know, one of one of the um, whenever whenever I get involved with the company, John, one thing that I like to do is try to find spaces where their product will work outside of where they're already at. Yeah, that's huge. that is a really cool way. Um, back whenever Yak Attack was hooked up with uh, the Ram guys, you know. There used to be um, a product that was sold that held your cell phone, you know? Uh, yeah, can't the remember X-Grip. What it was called. X-Grip, yeah, X-Grip. Yeah. I, sold so the I, had, day, I sold the daylights out of those things because that's, I don't know, they, yeah, that's a, well, that's a you, you dark time up, in our time frame. What I ended up using them for was uh, attaching cameras to backstops at baseball games and softball games because that X would compress into the little diamonds mm-hmm. and then you use the the uh the dog bones 
to hold the camera and then you can articulate them you nice. know, using using products that yeah. are not just for or crossover mar- products yeah crossover products right and not just using them for s- unintended uses but also in their intended use but in different spaces um, I can neither confirm nor deny that there may be some yak attack products in a Mars habitat right now. <laughs> oh. In fact, there may be a lot of yak attack products in a Mars habitat right now, which is actually pretty freaking cool. But yeah, I mean, that one's also a big one from the, the, the team perspective as well. Like if you're someone that hunts or like, I don't know, you're up there north you right now. I mean, we're, I'm in Virginia, so I just, it's, everything's up north if it's north of me. Um, but if, if, if it's frozen, I mean, and you have, you have hard water right now, how can you utilize Yak Attack ice fishing? You know, cause this is, this is just me and this is kind of the way we think about things, but like, uh, we're not a kayak fishing brand. We're a, we're a small space organizational brand that currently plays in the kayak fishing space. I can't wait until you guys branch out to polling skiffs. So maybe down the road, you know, yeah. but there it's, are a it's, couple of products that I'd love to get rid of from old, from other name brands yeah. that I think Yakutek could possibly make better. But that, that's a unique one. Like if you're, I don't know, I was watching something from one of the, the big bass guys I like, and he's like, he's like, I, I've built confidence off this saltwater lure catching, you know, largemouth and some of the biggest largemouth in California. And to me, that was kind of that same thing of using products not necessarily in their intended, you know, usage, but, you know, the whole put track on your sled and ice fishing or the coolers for holding, you know, rods and whatnot. I'm just using it in different places is pretty powerful. So, I mean, we sell our track to, you know, like dairy automation and farms and brewers and, and all sorts of different facets that people are buying track just, you know, randomly from us. Mars habitats. And, and so, yeah, I mean, there's a track is everywhere. So um, the gear track has really uh, earned its spot. Um, and they're not just, I mean, on kayaks for sure. They're used all over the place. I have no idea where Drew went, guys. Drew got up from the, uh, desk and walked away. I'm going to hazard a guess that, um, he had to, uh, evacuate his bowels. (laughs) Well, I can keep running if you want me to keep running. I'll keep, yeah, so. So when when we got off track there a little bit, we were talking about um, what were we talking about? Remind me, so we can get back there. I mean, one being a being a big product user, you know, being someone that really really like you if go. if you don't use cash and rods, you probably shouldn't apply for the cash and rods team. You know, like it's it's to me, it's if you're not already a brand user, I I probably won't even look at you. You know, so it's kind of the things that we look at, but I mean, from a foundational, like why we pick up who we would pick up and we're still, we're still optimizing who we have and what we need. But, um, a big one's also kayak brands, you know, what kayak brand are you rocking? You know, who, you know, is it someone that we work very closely with, you know, or is it someone that, that we work close, closely with that we need team guys, you know? So it's also geographical based, uh, you know, if we have a, a heavy hitting dealer in Nebraska and we have no team guys. If you're in Nebraska and you work for the, you know, you, you're, you're kayak fishing and, you know, you're on the par and level that we would like to see, there's a good chance just because of your geographical location in an area that there might not be a lot of kayak fishermen or something like Utah or Arizona is probably the better example. Um, but I mean, those are some big ones overall for us. 
Um, do you use it? You know, what kayak are you in? But it's also, it is experience-based. If you're fresh off the boat, new to the sport, and I, and I get this one all the time because, like, I'm not, I, I never grew up in the boat world. Like, I'm not a boat, I'm not a boat bass fisherman. I grew up wading rivers, you know, and fly fishing and catching smallmouth and trout and, you know, tiny mountain streams and the Smokies. Like, that's how, that's what I grew up fishing. And so we get so many people that I would say is like, oh, I'm, I'm fresh off the bass boat scene. This is my first year kayak fishing. I want to be on the team. And to me, like you said, you should probably learn how to paddle. Like if you don't know how to paddle, like kayak fishing, like you need to, you need to understand and hone your craft. But we get that one so many times. And I was like, I, I understand you're a fisherman, but like, why is, uh, maybe the money's not there, but like someone, you know, these top pro fishermen, you go, you go compete in one KBF tournament. You, you qualify for the national championship, go fish the national championship for a hundred thousand dollar payday. Sounds like an easy money. But I think that, that we and how we fish is vastly different. You know, we're not covering as much water. We don't have all the creature comforts. You have to be more selective on your rod selection, your electronic selection. So, you know, it's it's not just how many years have selection. you... Those darn video game fishermen. You know, how many years have you fished? It's how many years have you kayak fished? You know, how experienced are you in this sport um, is, a, is a big factor in, to me, the kayak fishing space and what we do as a whole. So... Um, those are just some big ones as far as, you know, what would make a, an overall rating. And then, then it goes into, you know, more social reach and experience. And do you know what you look like you're doing behind the camera or are you, you hitting reels or are you actively like that, that social reach right quick, because there are two questions that I had in mind that deal directly with social reach. So when Drew and I first started this, um, I talked to him about growing our, our circle, right? Growing our network by um, connecting with other people that have larger networks in order to tap into their network and just continue to grow that circle, if you will. Um, And thinking that it was important for us to do, especially on Instagram. And we got, I got that notion from a company that invited both Drew and I, to apply for one of their programs. They're like, we need people like you in your area, so would you apply for this program um, to represent? So we did. The guy that, I guess, approves this, uh, these, these team, team members shot both of us down. And the reason why we were shot down was because we didn't have enough followers on our social media platforms. So Drew's back. I'll recap what I just said real quick, Drew. What I asked him, I'm asking him two different questions. One, and I haven't actually asked the questions yet, but I prefaced it with, do you remember the, you recall the time, I'm not relieving or releasing any names of any companies, but we were invited to join a group to become ambassadors. Um, and we were shot down because we didn't have enough social media cred. We didn't have After they followers. asked us to join. After they asked us to join. <laughs> hey. Yeah. We want you guys on the team. Wait, no, we don't. Sorry. Yeah, and and so I was like, well, you have you have no idea what you're you're missing out on, honestly. Um, and so I, I instantly said, oh well, you know, if we're gonna do this, we gotta we gotta build this social network, and you know, it's really circles within circles within circles is what I see, and and reaching those different circles is what helps. So how important is it? 
that you have the clout that you actually and it's not even clout at that point it's really just numbers people could be hiring bots to to get you know uh followers well then Um, it's also engagement too you know like i there's a couple brands out there that when i started this they were sitting at like four thousand followers on instagram and then two years ago they had three hundred thousand that's not done overnight you know, so it's like those are that's probably paid because their engagement's like 13 mm-hmm. likes per post, and you're not seeing that with 300,000 followers. For us, it, it's more of it's more presence than anything. You know, if I go to your Instagram page and it's it's just I'm not I don't want to use the word trashy, but it's just trashy content that's not like respectable human like you know partying in college and like all this stuff is like that's not really what we're doing, and we want there to be. I don't like using the word insta life, but we we want your we want your persona to be kayak fishing. We want your persona to be a representation of us more than like pure number base. Just call it what it is, John. You don't have to use terms like insta life. You just want people that are a part of the lifestyle. Absolutely. And yeah. actually actually uh personify and 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 you know, can breathe that lifestyle to other people. So it's that, but like, are you a crappy person too? Like, if, if I can tell, I can that be you're a like, pretty crappy person, John. I can be a pretty crappy person. Drew, I've made Drew cry at least once. So everyone, everyone needs a good cry every once in a while. <laughs> there you go, Drew. That salad about made me cry just now. <laughs> I told but you it's guys. yeah, numbers. Numbers is is it's it's somewhat superficial, but it helps <laughs> the it helps the argument and it helps the proposal. It's not everything because if you're like we were saying, if you're in a kayak brand that I, I have a need for maybe an up and coming brand, maybe a brand that's grown since like the whole flip flop flop of like wilderness systems and, and ocean kayak falling off of the face of the planet in the past five to seven years. If you're in the brands that are now popping up even harder, um, I, I probably need you, you know? So if you have, you know, a good presence of how you hold yourself in the social media world, talking about other companies are talking about just you fishing, you know, you look active, you look hungry, you're in a kayak brand that I probably need that's maybe not an Asian knockoff, that's just something that doesn't correlate with the Yak Attack uh, overall we, we mantra like and our foundation. And then it also the geographical piece that we were talking about that, like, I don't need 47,000 people in Florida. You know, I don't have anyone in Arizona. You know, like, if I have, I have a dealer that I need to support for, you know, shows and this type of stuff and, you know, expos. I, so there, there's all these factors that basically that's how me and Joe kind of work it is, is we basically have a document that that will grade people on, but then also it does have overall reach, you know, overall likes and followers or subscribers that, you know, if if someone's like, Oh, I'm a YouTuber, but I have 150 subscribers. eh, You're not there yet, but, but keep cooking. But that's not the only facet that I ever look at. I don't care. I want you to be hungry. I I would go ahead. Go ahead. You got, I would more prefer you to be a, to bleed orange like we were talking about i'd prefer you to be the biggest brand fan and be someone that that is a you know upstanding person that holds themselves well in the world of social media that's respected and just not respected as in like i look up to you and i want to i would i want to use what you use but just someone that's going to help other people at the boat ramp someone that's if, if they have a, a an issue with hey man you're, you're missing this cool i'll help you out or you have a flat tire i'll be i'll be fixing the boat ramp um but that's those rank way higher. But overall, likes and followers help, but it's not the overall conversation. Okay, so remember I said it was two parts, right? 
so the first part doesn't really matter. Second part, let's say you did want to grow that network. You have any advice for people on how to, and I love the term organic. Okay. Using that term is right down my, my alley, man. Um, I do not like to force issues. So how do you grow that, that network? I mean, I think the biggest thing, I mean, outside of right now, yeah, don't post photos on Instagram. Um, just post reels, but it's the biggest thing I've always found is consistency. You know, like there's guys that like I, well, I liked on YouTube for different facets and different stuff, but like they haven't posted a year and a half. Maybe they're dead. I don't know. Um, but like maybe they just have to redo their life. But like I like oh, I he went to like people. worst case scenario. Maybe <laughs> yeah, they're he's dead. dead. But it's that's the big one as far as true. Like I, I don't post on Instagram at all. I post some really banger images uh, every once in a while, but I'm not consistent. I post like once every three months. I'm not on there every single day, every single day lighting up stories, every single day, you know, every week posting a reel or whatever your cadence is. But even from a standard person, you know, or just a normal user, you have to have a strategy and cadence is part of that strategy. You know, if you're going to say, I'm going to post a post every day, a reel once a week, stick with it. So do you stick know the bass fishing what it dude? Does. I'm trying Brandon? to do a reel once a week. Do you know Brandon, the bass fishing dude? He's That's his moniker. Oh, I don't. Okay, so he's the he's legitimately like the tallest kayak fisherman. He, he's a in the he's world. a yak gear guy. That's he's, why he doesn't know him. He's oh, is he yak gear? Guy. Yeah, oh, he's okay. a yak gear guy. Poor fella. Well, probably because he's like seven foot eleven. Okay, and and he's so big he can he can afford to carry that shit that weighs seven hundred thousand pounds. Yak gadget is, or you said yak gear. I thought you I think it's both. Gadget. I don't know. Yak gadget's heavy too. <laughs> Everything they make is so friggin' heavy. Um, okay. So he said when we were talking to him about, you know, growing social media and such, because that's kind of his niche is just being in the social media world. Be in their face constantly. All the time. Because you never know who you're gonna hit when you hit it. You know? So he's like, if you want to grow that social media network. You've constantly got to be ready to drop new content, drop new content, drop new content. Drew, you're saying once a week, post a reel once a week. Well, post right now, you, you're, right now you're going minimum. over that. I'd post every day at, at a bare minimum. Like, And I wouldn't because I even see some brands. I mean, even in that Old Town report, I mean, they would drop four posts at three in the morning. It'd be like three, four, and five, there'd be a post. I don't know if it was just an error, but you just cannibalized all those posts. You know, like mm. it's, there's no point. I mean, one post a day in the world of social media is prime time. Past that, you know, you just, you just ruined your previous post. What about, um, shares? Shares are great. I mean, if you can, I mean, that's, that's a, from a, to me, and this is old school, um, you know, from back when Facebook, you could kill it without spending a dollar from a business standpoint, um, shares, if you could figure out how to create and, you know, ramp up shares, shares are huge. Um, but yeah, I mean, and also from a, I guess a social media perspective too is the key, and then this little bit older, this predates maybe Reels, um, but it's figure out native content for each platform. You know, because back in the day, Instagram was all about photography. Pictures. You know, Facebook was a certain type of type of post. You know, TikTok is a certain type Are we of even post. Friends on Instagram. Um, I'm, I leave that kind of personal. I don't even know if I accept any friend request. <laughs> well. Let me since you since you said that leaving it personal, I had a question earlier um, when you were talking about you want to look to see if someone's a good person and things like that. 
I could I can understand that. Do you think that people should have separate accounts? Like you have your fishing page and then you have your personal page. Do yeah. you think that's a good idea? I think so. Mm-hmm. And so and, then, and this goes now. from like me how I said personal. Like Instagram's the last thing I have that's like people I grew up with. Because it's with Facebook, Luther and me have more mutual friends than any single person that I've ever grew up with. I think we have like 800 mutual friends. And that's my boss. You know, like it's just, it's odd. You know, so it's since the retail days, the pro staff days, retail this, I have more kayak fishing friends than I do people that I have met in person and grew up in, you know, and and grew up with, you know. So um, the only caveat I would say to the whole, you know, Facebook, especially Facebook, because you can share stuff easier, you know, Facebook fishing pages, don't share something on your Facebook fishing page and just share it to your own profile. Like that's just to me, eeks me bad of like, keep it separate. If you're going to talk about your kids, you know, if they're not fishing, you know, just kids at ballet class, whatever, talk about it on your personal page. You know, if you got the kids out there fishing, catching fish, let's talk about that on your fishing page, you know, and that's just keeping things where they need to be, you know, and this was different, but it was much like, you know, doing that that research paper of Jackson and Orion and, and the brands like they would post Orion content on Jackson's page and it would just flop because it's not their audience. So they would I'm, post I'm, blue sky boatwork stuff on the Jackson page and it would flop because it's not their audience. Keep things segmented in their silos where they need to be. So I, that's what I would say from through. that perspective with, um, with having a fishing page is truly utilize it for personal stuff separately and then do your fishing stuff. So where if you have friends and family, they don't want to don't care about you fishing. Um, they're not going to follow you, and they don't have to. So, to so me, I'm to scrolling me, I through like my that. page here, John, and right now I'm probably three for twenty. How's that <laughs> ratio, man? You know, like every three for twenty, probably probably less than that. Two three for 20. twenty on what? I'm, I missed this when I was in the restroom. I guess twenty twenty posts, and maybe two of them are non fishing related. It's one of them is is me p- picking fun of Cal- Dallas Cowboys fans. <laughs> well, that was kind of fishing related too, because your new tournament partner's a Dallas Cowboy fan. I don't know why you decided to subject yourself to that mess. <laughs> and, well, and, I'll add the, I did this too with that, like with the whole like I've had on on instance about three or four team members where random people have messaged our page independently because of political post, and this is more in the Trump realm where people were just extra triggered. But it was people posting just an absurd. I wonder about that, John, because stuff. because our boy Luther is very opinionated and political <laughs> as well. So I'm like, if Luther's doing it, maybe I can do it too. But Luther's but, opinionated but Luther's, on the Luther yeah. Cyphers page, not <laughs> on the Yak Attack page. But there's still 800. There's a lot of mutual, mutual yeah, friends. Mutual. There is, but you know what? I've talked about this many times before. Our digital selves. In our digital world that we that we have friends in, I don't really have, you know, eleven hundred friends. I don't really have fourteen hundred friends. I don't even talk to fourteen hundred. You barely people. like me, and like we're friends. <laughs> I think the numbers show that you have twenty close friends, and that's all that humans can functionally have within meaningful relationships. You can't forget- give, you can't give enough energy to have anything more than that. I forget what book that comes from, but that's more of essentially like foundational, like average root cause of a people is like you got twenty close people. Those twenty people, those twenty people to me are are family, and that energy is going mainly towards them. Drew, I hate to say it, man, but uh, 
my dinner is probably ready. We're into two hours, and we still haven't got that secret sauce yet. Yeah, well, are, are we going to drop the secret sauce, John? Oh, I keep going. Though. I got to keep going a little bit, but I got maybe got something secret that I could I could dispose. Uh, go okay. You, you still you tell have me, you still tell have me have when I got more stuff for I, I can go a little more. Yeah, I can go a little more. Okay, let's. We want some some major bullet points and Word. drop some bombs on these folks. Chris is hungry because he's doing the fasting and he only has a certain time period oh, that he yeah. can eat. It's time and to I think, eat. I think he's getting close to the end of that time period, so he's like, I did twenty two right, boys. I did twenty two hours for like nine days straight. We got to wrap this up. Oh, I got this. I can go. I'll go speedy through it. All right, power so, hour. Here we to, go. Uh, to me, I mean, like I said before, education is the biggest, you know, one of the biggest ways to, to teach and to sell without selling. Gene Jensen's my example, you know, teaching people to fish. I don't know how much gear has been sold through him, you know, from the example of teaching someone something, you're not selling anything, you know. So even from whether it's a lithium company, whether it's the architect, teach someone how to, how to use that product. Um, that one's huge for me. Um I don't know, another big aspect, and this is more in general, you know, picking someone up, choosing someone, it's just be hungry. You know, if, if you've posted four videos and gave up and said my videos didn't hit, that, cool, you're not one of the people like, one of the people I've always looked up to in the marketing space was Gary V, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. Like, you know, Wine Library, if you watch his first video in like 20, I don't know when it was, 2011, it's trash. Like, it is the worst video you'll see on the internet. And now it's the person with one of the most, you know, Instagram followers and Twitter followers, you know, in history. But it's, it's, it's to me, it's, you have to be obsessed about it. If you're not obsessed about creating content, like find something else to provide value with, you know, but I would ask Chris, but for people starting this thing, read his book, like literally Gary V's book, like read, crush it. Like it's, it's about building your own brand and like a hundred percent. That's, that's a piece that I would, that I would completely read and spend the time, um, also, another big one with people that are on teams currently is just communicate. You know, like I had someone recently that maybe I sent him a fair amount of product and nothing ever happened. You know, followed up like, hey, man, did you know we had some kind of a good agreement going and you were going to do some things. He's like, oh, shit, you know, I, I forgot to tell you, but this big thing happened. Life happened. I, I had to you know, reverse and deviate my whole entire, you know, trajectory with life. And I was like, cool. Like I, I respect that, but just let me know, like, just please communicate with your sponsor that, Hey, here's three boats for the season. Like, you know, are you able to produce this? Or like, sure. And 10 months later, you're like, ah, I never really produced. Cause I, I got a divorce, you know, I had another kid and life happened. Like we understand that life's hap- life happens. Cause this is not a salary gig. You know, like this is, this is typically a product trade product discount, you know, maybe certain things might have actual items that create some sort of cash, but you know, for the most part, you know, just communicate. Like, like I would have guys, you know, it's a couple old school guys that predate social media that would send me a quarterly report, tournaments they fished, events that they've attended, you know, heavy hitting videos they've had, articles published in Kayak Angler, or Kayak Fish when that still existed. And so they would they would actively communicate with me, and so I didn't have to scroll the world through all their social media posts. Be like, dude, one photo out of like the past six months, like, are you kayak fishing? Like, and and that's happened as well. Of like, hey man, like, you know, I had some back back problems. I, I haven't kayak fished in you know a year and a half. Ooh. I was like, you're good. You're a good brand friend, but also like, 
we want people actively participate in the sport because there is a line 10 miles long of people waiting that are hungry. You know, so it's just, it's a mix of keeping that constant communication. You know, if something does occur, hey man, like I, for most people that ever came to me with a problem, you got a seat when you're ready. You know, once you're past that life stuff, I got a seat waiting for you. But it's just having that communication that just creates that respect. And just that, that you know, hey, if I need something done, you know, like this is this is different. But like if, you know, if we're doing product testing that we'll use the team for and say, hey, I need four people that can fish on Saturday. I'm going to overnight you parts. I need feedback on Monday. And I get two people that are like, hey, man, yeah, I just didn't really fish this weekend. I was like, that's uh, it's it's a bit of just being a man of your word. I would say just life. This is called doing shit the adult way, bro. Yeah, yes, being, being an adult, professional, being an adult. Mm-hmm. We have we have this conversation at work all the time. <laughs> and, and then I would say also what we talked about before is like from a marketing team with even at the time of Bonafide and Yak Attack, it was less than three people running two brands. So it's most of these most of these teams are super small, and so by someone of, of you know like hey man I'm hungry I want something to do reach out, say hey man you know what what are we what are we trying to do in the next three months how can I provide value, you know because for me I can't reach out to a hundred something guys Joe can't reach out to a hundred something guys, um, but as far as someone that's like hey man I got open time I got a trip planned I'm doing the Devil's River trip any sort of content you love me to take. You know, any sort of video clips, you know, to create some reels, you know, you create the reels, whatever photos, you know, let's, let's use some new products on this. Just being proactive is really, really key to differentiating yourself from people that they made it to Harvard. They're just going to scoot through and get their degree. And there's people that dominated Harvard with the 4.0 and are running the country, you know, and running whatever business. Like there's that fine differentiation between I made the team, I'm comfy, or there's people that are like, I'm on the team and I'm hungry. You know, so like there's there's a fine line between that that I would just say be hungry and continue to be hungry or you might not be into this as you were, you know, as, as much as you were six years ago. That that happens. People well, grow up. Well, John, you know, they, they change sports and change their their, you know, their emphasis on life. John, I, I just want to say um, there were there's some portages that I just really want to make. Like I really want to do these portages, but I just I need a quality cart to make these portages. Like if you know of anything, like let me know because there's these portages I really need to do. It's hap- it's happening. I mean it's it's gonna be. I'd I was gonna mid- let you know, Drew. You could use mine whenever it comes in. Yeah, mid to late <laughs> February is gonna be really it. You know that we're yeah. we're cooking. I mean we're cooking about a mold a week, so it's happening. Um. And then also, this is a big one. I would say you get people that are, hey, man, I've won all these tournaments. We're in a weird, this sport's odd. I talked to someone today that was talking about Frisbee golf. He says he has two buddies. Between the two of them are sponsored for $25 million. Frisbee what? Golf. For Frisbee golf. Frisbee what golf. What the hell? We that can't, we can't even, get, we can't even get jerseys, bro. We can't even. It's hard enough for us to get jerseys. I'm going These frisbee guys got golfing. Twenty five million. Twenty five to play frisbee golf. So like the sports of cornhole, frisbee golf. Just because I think that they're slightly more entertaining to publicize and watch and stream, they're, they're hitting it harder. It's also cheap to get into frisbee golf. It's cheap to get into cornhole. But kayak fishing's had a. We've had a it's tough. Cheap road. to produce too. Like fishing has a tough road that like major league fishing. It's doing the best it can. It's never going to be the most widespread sport. You can't put you it know, in a studio. So it's the same thing. Like if you win, 
whatever, Hobie, you know, Tournament of Champions or the KBF National Championship, that doesn't guarantee you anything except that specific check or payment. Past that, the only thing that did was give you a stage. And now it's time to perform. That's the time that I remember, you know, original Dwayne Taft, you know, $100,000 check. There was way too many jackhammers sold in the crawl color because of what he did, how he talked about it. And then because of his win, I caught all my $100,000 fish on this one jackhammer. That, that you couldn't find that jackhammer for two years in that one color. But it had creating that tournament win doesn't create and say, hey, well, you should pick me up. If you're not talking about what you do or talking about what you use and why during that moment in time that the industry cares because you won, there's no point. Like, it's cool. Like, I, I would much rather have guys that do rigging videos and have a good social media presence and can teach product than guys that win tournaments. Because tournaments only give you that opportunity to create that influence. You know, and same, and it, it's kind of the same thing for every every different avenue. You, you have to build that up, but you win that accreditation of, hey, I just won this big tournament. Now it's time to, to, to preach. Now it's it, time to talk. It gives you the clout and it gives you the platform to talk about the things that you're using. Yeah. Like the, it's, it's a stepping stone. Like it, it, it's a stage. It's not yeah. the end all be all. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm close. I can keep rolling. Um, I would go into some don'ts, you know, don'ts are big to me of don't do this. Um, you know, to me, you find so many people, I mean, you guys see it. I, I don't, I wouldn't try if you're new to this, I wouldn't try and push for, and just be like, I, I'm a patch pirate, the old school bass fishing patch pirates. If I'm on every single pro staff, if there's a pro staff that every single person's on, probably doesn't have a whole lot of value or they're not going to provide much value to you. They're just looking for an army. They're going to send you a sample pack and they're probably never going to talk to you. You know, so to me, it's it's finding companies that you you correlate to mindset wise, you correlate to whether you just, you, you have to be passionate about that brand for me to this even to make sense. The law you of know? diminishing quality. It's a coin, a term I coined myself. It's okay. You might not have heard of it. That's what it is. I know what you're talking about. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> Watermelon. <laughs> and this, this one's weird. I just this is me just a little tidbit of like, I, the, I had this happen in the bona fide world of basically the big one is, is is stuff that happens within the brand once you're on a team, any sort of communication and stuff. You're most likely under an NDA. Please keep some of that stuff pirate, like private, confidential. And because most people, we all know the definition of a secret. You know, it's just telling one person at a time that that's, they want to feel like, Hey, you know, I got, I got the insider information. I got, I got the stuff, but don't tell anybody. And then it just goes on and on and on. But I had this happen with the RS-117 because I had, it was literally, I'm, I'm not going to go that deep, but it was someone that was on a retailer team that I had a very close relationship with that that guy had a customer that was going to either buy an SS series or he didn't know what was being launched at ICAST. But that team member did because he did a boat pickup the week before. So he told him to wait. And so he knew he was like, it's a under $1,000 boat, different seat. It's a little bit lower, under $9.99 if it's a bucket in the back. And so he told that guy and he got blasted all over the internet right before, two weeks before I cast. And so understanding that within the team, once you get there, it's confidential. Like it, like 
most of what happens as far as product-wise, unless it's clearly stated, is, is keep it under kind of a confidential understanding. So, like, that's a big don't of mine. Um, and that's in all your posts on the team page, too. Please I try do to. not share information. I try to. <laughs> and, and then this is the big one. And, I mean, I, I don't know the foundation of what you're saying of, you know, you're eating a bunch of vegetable soup. You know, and then I don't know if that's it, if that's just, you know, cut back in some calories, just, you know, get in shape, whatever. But this, this is the big one for me with, with overall pro staffing. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you've been doing. And so the same thing with me in like the weight loss scenario. If someone's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm thinking about getting in shape, but I, I'll wait till Monday. I'm going to eat this pizza and drink this beer. Like I tell the people, it's like, you put that pizza, you put that beer in the trash right now. You don't start tomorrow, you start right now. And so that's the big thing with kind of the pro staff world is I don't care what you're planning. Hey, man, I've I built up all this content. I'm planning to launch a YouTube channel next month. You know, I'm looking for some sponsors. It's like I've been doing this, 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 it's like and this. I, yeah, I don't care what you're planning. I want to know what you've been doing. And because if you don't start right now, it's never going to happen. You know, a lot of people, they're, perfect, they're wired in the per- perfectionist wave. If it's not perfect, they never even show it the light of day. You know, that was one of my biggest lessons learned with, with kind of working with someone like Jeff Little. I always wanted the nice production, even though those beautiful, like Hooked on Walls Waters, you know, videos that we talked about with Drew, um, like Drew Gregory. Learning from Jeff Little, put it out there. Film it. Put it out there raw. Put it out there. It doesn't matter. We're in the realm of production value does not matter. And that's one of the things I told Drew Gregory was, dude, I, I think you, you can bring a lot of value into teaching people how to tournament fish, how you plan, how you prep, how you execute plan B, A, B, C, and D if things go haywire. Like, your track record is showing that you can fish tournaments. I don't think you need to be spending this absurd amount on this YouTube show that's it's, it's doing it, but it's not kicking. You know, like I think you can kick it hard with teaching people. You know, so and that was that's kind of a big one. Um is doing what you what you what you've been doing, not what you're planning on. Yeah. Um, this goes back. I mean, you kind of threw it out there of kind of the NASCAR example. Like I was gonna, I don't know, I was gonna put it out there, and be like, I don't know, does anyone you know watch professional bass fishing and be like, give me three sponsors of KVD, or like, I don't know, maybe Strike King, like maybe Ranger, like logos on boats and logos on jerseys. They go so far. You know, they, they matter to a certain extent, but someone saying, hey, I'm just selling logos on my jersey, you know, whatever it is per season, uh, you might wear that at one event, you know, and, and it might be seen a couple times, but even a truck going down the road, eh, it matters, but that's not where I would sell value off of, you know, because it's someone that, it's like NASCAR, you, you know of one, you know that center, you know, hood or the side of the car, outside that people are spinning millions of dollars on NASCAR advertising that no one knows. You know what does work, though? You won't see me at an event. You won't see me out in public. You won't see me in a photograph, probably, without a real sportswear shirt on. Yeah, I mean, because they're our apparel sponsor. But honestly love their clothing. Me too. So I will wear it everywhere. I wear it to work all the time. So that does work. You know, well, and, if you're and, using the stuff on a regular basis, yeah, and people that listen to your, the show, Chris, patch. they expect <laughs> us to be wearing that because we talk about it on the show. If they were to see us in a Columbia shirt, they'd be like, 
those dudes are so full of crap. Like Speaking they, of which. They talk about real sportswear, and then they're out there in a Columbia shirt. Like, they are full of crap. Speaking of which, I'm going through my, my storage, and I'm going to be blowing out Columbia shirts for like $5 a pop if anybody's <laughs> interested in men's large <laughs> Columbia shirts. Some of them brand spanking new with the damn tag still attached. Let that me know. Somebody else bought you probably. <laughs> probably. So what we talked about in our Christmas episode, Columbia shirts and uh, like clown colored crankbaits. People don't know, people don't know what, what to buy for you. For you. They just presents. know you're a fisher. Fisherman. Yeah, the, you're a fisherman. Here's a crankbait. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John, we didn't mean to interrupt you. That's, oh, you're that's, good, our, man. that's our deal, though. That's really my MO. I interrupt everybody. And yeah, and I'd say the big one foundationally, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty wrapped up or we can wrap up just time-wise, but... The big one is if you're not talking about it, no one knows about it. You know, from a, from a from a team perspective. You know, I know I know guys are like, well, I went to this. If you're doing a seminar, talk about the seminar publicly. You know, talk about it. Put a recap on on TikTok. Like you doing your seminar. It's just there's that there's this there's a fine line between that old school mindset of just do it in person, and then there's that mindset that you know even like the rigging seminars that that Jeff Little and Drew Gregory did this past weekend or you know two weeks ago down in Georgia they're probably going to put all of that film on the internet so it lives with an entire new audience than it was just in person you know and so if you if you're doing something talk about it whether it's your the the team director being like hey man like this guy hasn't I don't think he's been in a kayak in 2 years like I think we're going to cut him from the team like if you're not talking about the product and then talking about how you use it why you use it or even just you know, foundationally participate in the sport, but if you're not talking about Yak Attack, it it doesn't really matter, you know? So if, if you're out there killing it in tournaments and, you know, talking and, and interacting with all the people in your, your kayak club, whatever, but if you're not talking about what you're using, why you're using, or subliminally selling, then the, the, the ROI and the return on the overall investment, you know, whatever the agreement was, you know, product discount, whatever, um, that that's the one that, that really runs the bottom line of business, you know? So that's just the foundational thing to remember, um, is the promote, you, you are a promotional staff and the, the word promotion is to bring, you know, buzz and traffic to whether it's a retailer or whether it's a business and, and drive some traffic. So, you know, you figure out how you can provide that value and doing it organically seamlessly that doesn't seem pushy or salesy, um, but also looking at social media and finding where you hit and where you what 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 fits your personality and what you like to do, um, and posting organic content I think is um, one of the secret sauces to really the making the whole thing work. Oh, there's that term, dude. Secret sauce. Where is it? The secret sauce. Yeah, tell us about the secret sauce before we get out. We're like by the time everything is uh, edited, we still got to do intro. Me and Chris have our intro, and we <laughs> we throw the commercial. It's gonna be in our there. first three hour episode. Like, we're gonna be at three hours for this. And I thought at first that I was gonna <laughs> like, I was gonna, you know, name this episode like kayak marketing 101 or something like that it should be the Forget longest that, yard. dude this is a master class this is not a 101 basics class like this is a this is a 400 level class right now that we're should we charge for this one i think we should if the if i mean no patreon content charge. only but yeah but if you want to <laughs> if you want to support us on patreon head over to patreon to support the Pallers playbook over there uh we got some we're doing some 
out of state tournaments this year, Chris. That's going to be really fun. We're headed to Florida this year. But John, drop the secret sauce, man. You said that you may be able to talk about something a, that's dropping. Yeah, I think we'll let be us fine. know. I, I think, think we'll I think fine. you finish your glass yeah. of whiskey, so now we can ask the question. Like, drop us some stuff. He's getting it's only low taken on three hours for one glass of whiskey, but <laughs> it is what it is. So much for dry January, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know why I started that one, but yeah, um. It, don't tell us about what you're going to do. Tell us about what you did now. <laughs> so I would say there's a kayak brand out there that doesn't really make it easy to attach accessories to a metal handle that might cover 60 to 70% of the boat. And there's not really a great way to find any accessories to go on there right now. Um, so I would check out at the end of the month that uh, starting maybe early February, um, we'll be hot and heavy in production with a new mount that, uh, it's a little, a little hot and heavy, you know. It's ready to go on that rail. Oh, okay. We're not going to name any names. It rhymes with Obi, but we're not going to name any <laughs> names at all. No names. No names at all. That is a problem, though. Like like I was saying, my, my brother was all about, like, hey, man, I want to I get on the team. I need to get some content. But I can't put any of those accessories on this big metal rail thing that's on my rhymes with Obi. So. He doesn't have to worry about that anymore, though. He's, he doesn't now because now he's he's with Old Town. Yeah. As of, to well, if he still had the old boat, as of early February, um, I think we have a pretty robust sound product that's going to hold up to those guys that are catching that tarpon, you know, or that sailfish or down there with you guys, you know, big reds. Um, and then also, I mean, it's going to be rather inexpensive in compared to what exists out there, so. Um, I'm pretty excited to get in the market, but it's one that uh, we're quick. It's rapid that I my goal is to preview it early next week. So this will fall right in line with the release of uh, this show and um, probably shipping to dealers early February. So um, we'll start the launch cycle up here uh, in the next couple of days you know and get things cooking. Is that the first time I ever had a personal conversation with Luther was actually at lunch at Lone Star downtown Houston somewhere. And was he doing the Leverlock anchor trolley install at Mariner sales? Was that that year? Well, that was Mariner sales in Dallas. Um, but you know what? It might've been the Leverlock at FTU, but, uh, probably the same cycle, probably yeah, same. Probably. But, uh, his hush, hush new release product that he gave up to us at lunch <laughs> that day was hex, rail accessories ah, and mounts that, that was, was a long time ago so there's i know but here's some you know full circle here we are you know hex well, rail think, back then you know and now we're talking mounts for uh the other type of rail well at least it, i think at that time that they you know the the brand the unspoken brand that uh they got accessories from every single accessory brand to then attach to their clamp um, and we were like, ah, that's cool. They told us at that time we could make something for to attach to it, and they wouldn't care, but we we gave them the right of path, you know, when we said, hey, it's your go. I think y'all had a couple of prototype products out there, though. Probably. He was telling us about it. Anyway. Well, we used to have a, a way that you could attach one of our classic GT175 um, to the bar. And so it, it gave you whether you wanted, like, a 4-inch piece of track up to that 16-inch piece of track that would attach using two bar clamps. That's kind of a, a classic historical product that even predates uh, the you know twelve sided rail into the, the overall just you know standard you know cylinder. 
So that's something that's existed for a while, but this one's going to be simple, easy. You know, guys well, that are running. the hex rail? Because the hex rail is the new one. So it was the old round one. Because yeah. this was a long-ass time ago. Yeah. This was before hex rail. Yeah. See, it's getting late. My brain's yeah. not working. I think that well, was tw- 2018, I probably, 2019. I probably need to drink whiskey like John. And yeah. then I can keep hey, things straight. Bro, bro staff, don't, don't go asking me and Chris about that product. Because John's going to show it to us in the group. We're going to see it in the group. <laughs> and there's going to be a disclaimer at the bottom that says, do not share this until this date. So don't, I love new don't product go asking drops. us before. I'm not going to tell you. I'm able to talk about these secrets with Chris because he's on the team too. So that's how I get my, my, my jollies out as far as telling secrets. I just tell Chris. But he already knows the secret, so it's all good. <laughs> as, as far as you know, Yak Attack and product drops go, I love it. But one thing I love even more is having informative guests on the show, people that actually come out here, come out here and, and Drop uh, spend some, some knowledge. time. Yeah, with our listeners and give the juice that they're they're thirsting for. So, John, we really appreciate you spending your time with us. Yeah, today. absolutely, man. I mean, I Two enjoy hours, thirty-two minutes into it. I enjoy this. Juicy. Yeah, that's it's something juicy. that, like, I brand building is. You know, that's one of my favorite things, and I think with this, you are building your own brand when it comes to being a part of a team. You're building your own persona and your own brand, and like that's something that if anyone takes anything away. You know, I hope that, that that was worth their time. So, you know, if we need to follow up part two um, so I can be officially part of the fourth season um, or me and Luther do a tag team one, I think would be cool. Tag um, team. Yeah, a little tag team so Luther could leak something else at that point in time, I guess. It's tradition. Look, we're gonna be we're gonna be in the Florida area in April. Maybe you guys just need to come down, fish with us a little bit. We'll bring our we'll bring our mics and stuff and we can we can do yeah. a remote. I could I could right do there. April. Yeah, April's good. There All right, go. April 20th to, through 24th. Yeah. Come on. Where are you going? Jacksonville, St. Augustine area. Ooh, There's a tournament like, down there. I like St. Augustine. That's a, I dig, I dig St. Augustine. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll do a remote. So th- that'll, be, uh, that'll be the next. That'll be the master's degree class. Uh, <laughs> we're going to give everybody their master's in marketing and branding and everything there. But, Chris, man, you got anything else before we, before we get out of here? If I did... We'd go another hour, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> All I'm going to say is uh, thank you, Mariner Sales, Real Sportswear, Pure Fishing. Season three has been off the chain, and I think we ended season three on a very, very strong note with this episode. Season four starts out in February. Season four is going to be off the chain. It's going to be oh, off the This one hook. was off the chain. It it was off the chain. It's gonna be off the hook though, off the chain and off the hook. We're off of everything. It's like we're just off. we're rolling. We're rolling right. now. Peace, guys. Peace we'll see you later. See ya.